with the eyes, boo! The eyes! This episode of the Backlog Breakdown is the first and probably only time that uh, an episode is going to feature uh, not only video games, not only backlog reports, but also a miniature giant space hamster. I'm your host, Josh, and uh, this, this week we have Nate McKeever as a wonderful co-host. And then we also have one of our good friends, the techno funk boy, Paul. Na- nature servant awaits. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jahira. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, okay, so this is a classic game. We're talking about Baldur's Gate, and my goodness, they use the same clips over and over and over again. And, yeah. uh, you know, it gives, it gives the characters some character. Can At least I, I did didn't that? say, hey, yeah, it's me, Emmeline. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to reference the Emmeline. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, yeah, it's me, Emmeline. And it's like the most stilted, awkward sort of like, you can tell that somebody was just like, we need a voice. <laughs> we'll do. Em- Emmeline was added super late in the production. And that's why really? she doesn't have a lot of lines uh, uh, or I anything. I did not know that. But yeah, that they like they rushed her. Um, okay. But uh, the one that gets me is I served the flaming fist in the late <laughs> game. <laughs> by the yeah. way, by the way, I'm I'm playing. I'm 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 a player in a game of uh, Descent in Avernus, which is set in Baldur's Gate in D anD. d And oh, every wow. time the flaming fist is mentioned in game. I say I serve the flaming fist, and uh, everybody loves it. They they don't complain at all. <laughs> of course, I don't. Yeah, the DM also gets annoyed when I start reciting Baldur's Gate lore that he doesn't know. <laughs> I was supposed to say like, you're not even oh, the DM. Wow, no, I'm not. I'm you, not. I'm a player. Who are you playing with? If you who's, who's uh. Well, y'all know uh, uh, Doug, uh, who was Steven on the Retro Zoo, okay. is our yeah. dungeon master. Uh, if y'all listen, uh, if, and this is for the audience too, of course, uh, if y'all listen to Tales from the Rusty Speeder, hmm? that group is our Avernus group, uh, but okay. with, nice. also with Doug's wife. Um, and so it's the same group. Uh, I'm just not DMing that one. And um, yeah. yeah, it's very cool. It's a, it's, it's been fun so far. What? What rule set are you guys using? Fifth edition. Cool. Nice. Not not second. <laughs> not second. That that would be not fun. You would have no no fun. <laughs> and not a single fun was had. This no day. funds. <laughs> no funds. Well, it, as as we've already mentioned today, we are going to be talking about the uh, classic game Baldur's Gate and uh, and its subsequent enhanced edition. That uh, that I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I played the mm-hmm. enhanced. Edition. I think we've all. I think we all played <laughs> enhanced. Edition. Yes, because mm-hmm. we were talking about some of the added content as well. So primarily enhanced edition, but you know the, the few comparisons. Um, I am super new to the game. Just spoilers. This is my first time playing any CRPG. Um, so there's that. Uh, but before we jump right into the top, I mean, I guess we did a little bit. But before we we t- take a whole deep dive into Baldur's Gate, before we enter that city, it's been a few days. It's been. It's <laughs> been. Um, and actually, it's yeah, it's been a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I, it's time. Even though you know we've seen each other within the last week, Josh, uh, mm-hmm. I do have an it's been kind of moment. Yeah. Um, okay. 
So what you, what and, you got? What you got going but on? But you know what? Before I talk about my it's been moment, I would like to just say, you know, Paul, how have you been, man? It's it has been more than two weeks since you were last mm-hmm. on the breakdown. Mm-hmm. It's been five yep. months since. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, like uh, uh, super busy as always. I'm um, yeah. like I have a new album coming out probably soon. Oh, nice. uh, probably January. And um, it's going to cool. be really cool. So like a, a, a friend of mine who is, uh, is a professional violin player is coming to play violin on it. Sweet. Um, and it's uh, it's going to sound real good. And so as opposed to the other ones, which only sound OK, this one's going to sound real good. They all sound real good. But this I, one, I, I'm being smart. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, it's been it's been busy. I had to get a second job mm-hmm. here recently and mm-hmm. um, that hasn't been fun. But, you know. You know, it's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, uh, thankfully, like, thankfully now both of my jobs work from home, which is, uh, really awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so really can't complain about that. And, um, yeah, it's working out. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 <laughs> so what did you have, uh, oh, Nate? Oh. You said you got something. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> he was just yeah. waiting for somebody to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, much. Nate, we want to hear. <laughs> you asked. Um, well. And and I posted some pictures in the Discord, but I mm-hmm. had these giant pine trees in the back of my yard. And the one the one is actually, I think next spring we're gonna take it down. Um, because it's it's like it's probably at least sixty foot tall. It's huge. Um Whoa. but they have a lot of like branches that were sort of like would hang over the fence. And mm-hmm. in the wintertime, when they get loaded up with snow and ice, they'd actually sometimes touch the ground. And it's just like, that's not healthy for the tree. I didn't want mm-hmm. them breaking off and then having to drag that off the fence and all that stuff and trying to figure that out. So I have a buddy who, uh, he, he likes to cut trees, um, down and Sweet. he has, yeah, I, I paid him a few dollars and he came over with his pole saw and a bunch of his chainsaws and he chopped a whole bunch of those. Like he cleaned up like most of the pines and just all the dead stuff underneath and, then I spent several hours dragging all of that into, I took all of the green leafy, like this green stuff that wasn't going to burn. And I dragged it up the, the wood line and I just sort of piled it up there. And then okay. uh, probably next year, I'll just use it for like when we're burning stuff in the fire pit. But the rest, yeah. like the, a lot of the dead stuff, I just threw in my fire ring and uh, was burning stuff all day yesterday. And that was cool. Super nice. cool. Nice, nice. Yeah. Deadwood, you fired. You fired. (laughs) You burnt. Sorry, that was that was really lame. That was really bad. bad. I got a couple laughs from that. I don't uh, like it. It must already be late. If. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bye. there you go. Um, yeah, not not too much has been going on here. Um, you know, the, with holidays kind of coming along, Thanksgiving and then soon to be Christmas. Um, it's just it's just a weird time. It's very much like hurry up and wait, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like when it's when it's really busy to to prep for stuff. There's there's lots going on, and then when it's not, you're just kind of thinking, okay, what's the next thing? So like enjoy enjoy the time that you have. So especially like with Thanksgiving, hey, we've got a few days off, which is awesome. Um, so it's gonna be nice, but then it's gonna ramp right back up as soon as that is done. So yeah, and enjoying enjoying the time that I am able to take 
off and spend with the family and a little bit of entertainment in there as well, you know. Um, it was mm. a, it was a good time. I'll say it's a good time for Shin Megami Tensei Five to release because uh, I'm actually able to put some time into it. That's been nice. Well, since you brought it up, why Hey-o. don't we just roll b- into that backlog report and talk a Here little bit go. about what I've we've been playing? So, oh. hey, look at that! <laughs> Paul came prepared. I didn't have sticky note. That's yeah, pathetic. Gonna... Like <laughs> that, that was pathetic. I only like I only listen to the show, and so I like. What is that? Like a candy wrapper? Oh, I was say that, that's a receipt. <laughs> I don't ask me this how I know sad. what the crinkle of receipt paper sounds like. <laughs> oh, it, it's, it is deeply burnt into my brain. I need to tell y'all this. I, I well, actually, I, mm-hmm. I need to tell. I need to tell everybody this because okay. I like when I. Te- like a quality test my own podcast i don't insert mm-hmm. commercials into it i just listen to it without without any any commercials mm-hmm. and i listen to uh the the patreon feed of y'all show and so i don't mm-hmm. hear commercials and so like i was listening I was, I was starting over on tales from the rusty speeder and actually like listen to all of our ads for the first time in like a year and a half i was like these mm-hmm. are really good I was like, I, I'm, I've been missing out. Like everybody gets to experiencing these all the time, except me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Go yeah, ahead. I get a little. Um, not- <laughs> I, I get a nice little twinge whenever I whenever it pops up on on especially your podcasts. Um, whenever our uh, commercials come on, I'm like, ah, oh, that was fun. I liked that. That's yeah, pretty that's good. A good one. <laughs> so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, those are, those are pretty cool. Um, but, uh, even if I don't have the, uh, the paper to prove it, I do have a few things to report on. If you don't mind me just kind of jumping right in here. I um, was going to let Paul go first, but you go okay. ahead and be pushy. That's fine. Uh, yeah. I'm going to push. I'm, I'm, I'm already trying to get y'all uh, like off topic. And Josh is trying to keep us to the point. <laughs> this is so weird. It's like, this is a beefy game we have to deal with here. <laughs> it's like, come on. We got to hit all the departments. Let's. There are things to we be have, said. We have to. Uh, how was your week? We have to do the backlog report. We have to do fanfic. Uh, <laughs> dumb sentence of the week. <laughs> oh man, the sentence begins with the capital. That's big, 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 big. Capital letters. Not a small letter. Oh man. Okay. My work here is done. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> totally, totally derailed. Uh, those are some 372 pages we won't get back references. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, we don't do recommendations here, but if we were to, I well, would recommend that. We just we don't we don't save them. We just scat like it's like, hey, mm-hmm. we all think it's hysterical and hilarious and we love it. And uh it's actually one of two literature podcasts I listen to. So nice. Nice. That kind of serious. That, that one's yeah. not. <laughs> well, in in the Discord, we were talking about like our favorite episodes on on that thread, and um, you know, uh, Ernest Klein was I, I was definitely my favorite episode, but <laughs> I think it's a lot of people's favorite episode. But like, I like I don't think that episode wouldn't have happened without three hundred seventy two pages. No. Right. That, no, that right. yeah. That inspired that. <laughs> I mean, our in, eyes in to that how bad episode, it truly is. In that episode, I think we referenced the 372 guys often. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's like, it's probably like every 
five or six minutes we're like yeah you remember in 372 when they blah, blah, you know it's like yeah it's true it's but true our it's best because material it's awesome. comes from someone else <laughs> Three, 372 pages is pretty fantastic it is yeah. it mm-hmm. is it's always a good time highly endorsed mm-hmm. uh the, anyways anyways trying to <laughs> to get this train back on the tracks and i wish i had a better segue than that um the few things that i do have to report okay I already talked about it, okay? Shin Megami Tensei Five. I'm knee-deep in that. Um, I will just say, and and, uh, actually, I didn't talk about this last time. Obviously, it's a brand new game, so I'm taking a point for it. Obviously, I started the game. I'm taking another point for that as well in the beatdown. So, plus two to my points there, taking the hits for that uh, and loving it still. You know, no no problem there. Um, The only thing I want to say about Shin Megami Tensei Five is that it is... Um, if you haven't heard, a lot of it is about like exploration, which is very interesting and very different for a JRPG. Most aren't really like that. I've heard it compared to something like Breath of the Wild, and I totally see those comparisons. And it's weird because I wouldn't like on paper that doesn't sound super interesting to me. No dungeons, no uh, equipment, no but, no hookshot, uh, no hookshot. Oh, forget it. But you can jump. Oh, that's right. Breath of the Wild, you can jump as well. So, so you can time. jump. You have a sword, a, a hand sword. Your hand turns into a sword, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can run when you run around. He does the Naruto run. He holds his his arms out behind him when he runs. So, so that's fun too. Um, so, anyways, is this, is yes. this the hand sword that's behind him? <laughs> the, the, no, he doesn't. He doesn't go sword until you slash it. Then it turns oh. into a sword. Um, Sorry, I'm anyways. not up on the lore. I just found out about mm-hmm. certain things about the game today. <laughs> I'm completely <laughs> lost about the worst parts of that's right. <laughs> somehow we just discuss all the worst parts of these series with you. It's like dating your teacher, <laughs> genital demons. You know, it's just you get all of the worst. Uh, anyways, anyway, so Shimagami Tensei Five, loving it. Um, but anyways, that's that's the only thing I wanted to say about that is is a lot of it has been about exploration. It's not exactly an open world game, but it does have some of those tendencies of like huge map. Um, you can go to different areas and then get the little icons and, and find out what they do. Um, which, when the game is brutally difficult, it really comes in handy to go back and to to get all those different items. So um, there's that. I did pick up another game. And I told you about this, Nate. Yesterday, I uh, picked up myself a physical copy of Hades for Switch. And the cool thing about... So I'm taking a point for that. Bought it outright. Uh, The cool thing about the physical copy is that it actually comes with a few things. It comes with a digital download of the the soundtrack, Darren Korb. And it has this little... Just a tiny little like art book of the different characters. Aww. So I was looking through that. Oh my gosh, that's uh, seriously earlier. tiny. <laughs> yes, yes, it is smaller than than a regular like uh, a manual, but it's got like all the different characters. And it's interesting. Some of the um, some of the females don't look like females. Put it that way. Um, so that's that's an interesting little art style. I don't know. All the faces look the same to me. It's weird. Well. All the faces look y'all are uh, y'all are selling me on this game. I'm like, I'm <laughs> females don't look like females. Like, I mean, it's all make believe. So, right, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's Greek uh, Greek mythology. So I'm stoked to dig into that uh, sometime. I don't know when. I'm playing Shin Megami Tensei Five. Dang it! So there's that. That's that's um, everything on the video game front, dude. That soundtrack though is is awesome. 
Dude, those are they're always good. All the super no, giant games like, soundtracks. Hades might like I really like Bastion. Huh. I really like yeah. Transistor. Pyre's kind of like in the middle. Like Pyre is like yeah, I'm Pyre's fine, but it, I'm okay. like it's like me. But and it's not to say there aren't a few good tracks on the Pyre soundtrack, but dude, Hades is like like man, I love nice. that soundtrack. This even says it's like two and a half hours of music. It's yeah. Pretty rad of blood pumping music created for the game. Well, so, because so, and you'll see, but like the music in that game, like I can't remember where I was listening to him talk about Darren Corp. It might have been on the game developer's notebook or something, but he was talking about the process. And so, depend like each level has like four or five tracks that they'll mm-hmm. mix in and out, yeah, um, mm-hmm. while you're playing the game. And then, and so when you're listening to the soundtrack, it actually takes all of those four or five tracks that they sort of mix in and out and it goes through a bunch of different variations. And then you get like the super like, like mind face melty, mind explodey version. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, Nice. Nice. That soundtrack is rad. I love it. That's cool. There was, there was an episode, I think of 8-Bit Music Theory, where it talked about Octopath Traveler and how a lot of the tracks in that game um, were dependent they would fade in and out between like different versions of the tracks depending on your conversation that you're having mm. so you know like especially during the you know you're talking with a boss or something like that it starts off kind of you know quieter and it builds and stuff depending on how the conversation is going which is interesting just because i had never thought along those lines before that like oh yeah it is context dependent um, and that's really cool. And that's like, that would be very difficult to create a piece of music where you can layer on another piece at any moment. Well, and all the on- software and everything <laughs> yeah. that's involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, like realistically, uh, uh, kind of how I do, uh, the Dyson Drury soundtrack. Ah, nice. I get, I get the actual final cut of it super late, but I know what okay. songs I need. And so I will, uh, I will do, I will kind of set, I'll kind of section them off and do them, you know, at different intensities for different purposes and then Mm -hmm. puzzle, puzzle piece them together into the, uh, into the episode based on what's, what's actually happening. Dude, that is awesome. That's crazy. That's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So man, props to you. Good, sir. This is why I'm about to finish the fourth Dyson Cherry soundtrack. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I Ooh. see. I see. That's how this works. Nice. Um, well, that's all that, like I said, on the game front in terms of reading, nothing really stands out to me except that unless we want to count manga, which I'm going to count manga here, is that I've I've had holds on uh, different Junji Ito books for a while now, and I was able to get um, it just digitally, but one of his latest uh, compilations, or I don't know if it's a compilation, it's it's a book it does actually follow a single storyline um and it's not long it's it's kind of short but it's called censor and uh interesting thing uh it's, I quite short. About actually, it's been I censored oh, yes yeah <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's censor in the sense of like wow i'm using that same word sensing <laughs> things because it is a very um it's almost sort of like cosmic horror in a way it, not quite that far but definitely like there's this weird creepy cult trying to figure out the mysteries of the universe and they're using a medium uh you know this young girl is a medium and she turns out to be this crazy anyways 
so it's it's like it gets it gets creepy it, it's more like overt horror than some of the other stuff that i've seen from him or or it feels kind of like i don't know some of these themes have been touched on in like movies that i've seen as opposed to um some of the more esoteric things that he's done before um but that was it was it was a good read it is one of his newer um books and i don't know you know, especially after watching Bakuman. Uh, I don't know if it's him, if it's his assistants or something, but the art has definitely gotten better than some of the older stuff that I've seen. Um, it just doesn't look as like rough sketchy, if that makes sense. It's just a little more polished. Um, so, mm-hmm. but anyways, that, that was a, that was a fun read, um, kind of freaky, but his, his, I just love his stuff. It's always good. Um, and then in terms of watching stuff, my wife and I watched the first three episodes of only murders in the building. And so that's, that's fun. Yeah. Paul, you talked about that and then she had seen something about it and she was interested in it. So we watched a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I, I might, I feel like an old guy. Um, but the, the only thing, so I, I enjoy the show so far. I'm just not sure if it is Selena Gomez as an actress or if it is the character that she is portraying, but she is very monotone and it's it weird. Is. Yeah. It's hard for me. Like, cause like I can see her acting, like her face is acting, but her voice <laughs> says the same pitch. And I'm like, just isn't she, doesn't she sing also? Am I crazy? Like what is, this is so strange to me. I don't understand it, but the show's good. Well, so. You know, I'm just going to say something like, I think that if you were sort of intimately involved with Justin Bieber for as long as she was, you would be an emotionless android too. That's probably what it is. (laughs) And I have to say, it's like, okay, so I grew up in the, in the 80s and, Mm -hmm. and I like, I know nothing of Selena Gomez, but the second she stepped on screen, I'm like, how dare you? This is about <laughs> Steve Martin and Martin Short. You get yes. off the screens. One hundred percent. Yes. Uh-huh. And so, like, I, 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 like, I began the series as like rabidly anti Selena Gomez, even showing her face. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, uh, you know, especially because, uh, uh, like everybody else involved in the show is so iconic. Uh, yeah. But, but I gotta say, like, and, and, and about three episodes in, I was exactly where you were. I, mm-hmm. by the end, I was like, I, I'm kind of digging her character. Like, okay. I think okay. it worked. It, it ended up working. And I, uh, I restarted it. I only watched the first episode, but I, w- I want to watch it again. And, uh, in restarting it, I, I liked her a lot more in episode one. I huh. think I kind of, kind of going through the story with her. Uh, she, she grew on me for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to hear because it's not even, it's not overt hatred. It is definitely more just like, this is very strange. And again, like, I don't know if it's just her as an actress or if it's the character that she's playing. Cause it's like this weird, like she is trying to act and express emotion, but her voice does not express it, which just, yeah. Like, and it, it, it huh. was weird. Like I know they needed somebody young, but it was weird casting because you had like Holly from The Office in it. You have Sting uh-huh. in it, and it's like okay, right. Nathan like, Lane. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, these are all like people that like have earned their place on this show. These are all like mm-hmm. like uh, uh, well, Sting's not overly funny, but <laughs> he's definitely earned his spot there. But uh, yeah, her being there, I was I was slightly offended at the beginning. Gotcha. 
By slightly, I mean yelling at the TV. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! But no, but it's a great it's a great show, and uh, I like I I really enjoyed it. Nice, nice. Well, we're we're we'll just need more time uh, to finish it, but we're we yeah we're enjoying it for sure. And yeah, how can you go wrong with Steve Martin and Martin Short? I mean, they're they're hilarious. So Uh, Steve Martin's uh, biography or autobiography. Mm -hmm. Was yeah. What like I like biography. Well, and it's I I listened to that Elvira one, right? Recently, I just like autobiographies from like interesting people. His mm-hmm. and Rain Wilson's, and Ben Fold. Okay, I've listened to those three in the last couple of years. Arguably, some of my favorite listens, just because like all three of those dudes. Like Rain Wilson is kind of a little, well, he's Rain Wilson, um, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, his uh, I, yeah, his autobiography or biography is really fun. I I would I would like to listen to that because I've 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 read I've read a, a quite a bit of of Steve Martin's prose mm. writing, and okay. he's a good writer. You know, huh. he, he he he's really good with pacing. Like, I mean, he, he take you know he takes everything he knows from comedy and and applies it to the written word as well, and it's uh. He writes some good stuff. So yeah, I'd be really interested to read that one. Uh, by, by read it, I, I, of course, mean listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's of that's course. how I read books uh, most of the time anyways. And yeah. I'll, actually, Paul, if you want to sort of do your backlog report, I will pull up the title of that, Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. For you. Yeah. But. So we are winding down Final Fantasy Twenty One. Which That's is right. my year-long focus on Final Fantasy, and um, the the primary goal of which was to is to finish the numbered games that I want to play that I had not played, and um, and so I'm about to finish two, about to finish about halfway finished with two, <laughs> and um, nice, and, and that's the last one, um, and that has been an absolute blast this year. Um, I got to uh, I got to finish this year. Two games that were on my deep regret uh, a list for the same reason. Uh, Final Fantasy V memory card, uh, uh, PlayStation memory card corrupted mm-hmm. when I was well mm-hmm. into the game. And Diablo II, I was on Diablo's doorstep back in the day when my computer wow. crashed. Uh, and so I got to finish both of those games for the first time. And um but uh, but yeah, now now I I rest uh, and I've been telling you all about this. I restarted Pokemon Go from the beginning, and mm-hmm. it is a very different experience today than it was uh, when it when it started on day one. And yeah. uh, and I started that because I started playing Pikmin, and it and it and it sucks something awful. It's a it's just a, <laughs> it's a terrible game. Uh, and and the whole all, the whole Those time I was playing it, feelings at all. The whole like I'm walking around planting flowers. And I'm like, man, I wish this was Pokemon Go. And like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm just gonna play Pokemon Go. And um, and so I've been playing that for the last couple, a few weeks, and uh, and having a lot more fun with that. It's um, I enjoyed it when it originally played it, and I'm enjoying it again. Nice. But, um, I wonder if that was Niantic's plan all along. Is, <laughs> let's put out a crappier version to get right. people back into Pokemon Go. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, as far as books, I just uh, I just reread the Baldur's Gate novel. That's not good. Um, <laughs> I'm re- I'm rereading Foundation by Asimov. That is good. Um, okay. Yeah, and 
and I'm I'm about to start watching uh, the the Foundation show, which is why I'm rereading it. And I was I am, actually going to ask you if that's why, because I, I was yeah. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. I I started it and they sex changed so many people. I was like, ah, forget it. But then I heard that it was actually still good, even though they did that. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm interested in rereading it, so I'm rereading it. And um, yeah, I guess uh, I'm 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 eyeing uh, uh, Wheel of Time. Because it it looks like they wokeified that show something terrible too. Well, um, oh, yeah. but Actually, but I don't know. I, I haven't, haven't seen it. I haven't watched any of the Wheel of Time stuff. And my uncle actually sent me a text. He was like, "Have you watched any of this yet?" And I was like, "No, not yet." I said, "I'm interested because I hear it's pretty good." He's like, "He's like, I like the show, just the the super heavy feminist slant." And I'm like, "To be honest, that kind of existed in the source material." Like it, yeah. And uh, and I do have a friend. Yeah. Jordan wasn't afraid to sort of say like, oh, like the whole premise of the book is that dudes kind of suck and they need women mm-hmm. to fix everything for them. Oh yeah. And in the, in the, I mean the, the I Sedai is an organization or a bunch of Karens who run around and, and try to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And I have a friend who was a big fan of the series and has read it several times. And, uh, and I, and I asked him, I was like, man, these previews look like they're focusing a lot on, on specifically the girls, specifically naive, instead of spreading the love to all of the main characters, and he's like, "No, that's not true. It, it, all of them have significant screen time." I'm like, "Okay, I'll give it a shot then." I, I had a conversation with my brother about just those books in general, and I said, "Like, part of my problem with that is like, and I have the same problem with like George R. R. Martin and like all these massive like I'm going to write this giant fantasy epic saga thing, and I'm like, it's too big, it's too much." I started the Wheel of Time book books when I was in ninth grade mm-hmm. and sort of I was up to date up until like book six or seven. And then actually a few years ago, the only way I actually finished that was like listening to everything on Audible. And it's like, you know, sort of in hindsight, walking away from that, I'm kind of like, dude, these things are just too big. Like it's just, there's too many threads yeah. and it's like, You've got too many main characters, and it's like if I wanted to read a history book, and I'm I'm anyways. Sometime maybe we'll we'll do like a a podcast or something and just talk about Wheel of Time stuff, or but because like I have thoughts on just Wheel the Wheel of Time books in general. No, and 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 I and I'm with you. I totally agree. Like when he intended it to be a trilogy, those first few books are freaking amazing. But then when he decided, he's like, I'm going to spread this out and make more money, they get worse. Well, as long as you have sort of like Matt and Rand and Perrin as sort of being the three primary antagonists, like everything sort of feels manageable. Yes. And it's not to say that Nynaeve or Egwene, like any of the the female leads aren't important, right? Because right. they and Morgane, is it Morgane? I, it's been a while. Yeah. But- mm-hmm. But, and it's like, they're important and they have interesting stories, but it's like when they start, like everybody starts like vying for more and more attention. It's like, I don't care anymore. Like, it's, (laughs) yeah, that's absolutely. And it's just like, and and it just like, it's like, I remember about, it was like book five or six really just sort of being like, eh. And then like, like I said, I think I ended on like seven and I just kind of like, I don't want to read this anymore. (laughs) 
Like, you stopped I mean, at a good time. <laughs> you can say though is at least he warns you. It's called the wheel of time. Like what? Did you think you were going to finish it in an afternoon? <laughs> well, come on. The way, the way I read when I was a kid, I probably would have tried. Um, oh, I I read these books during my amazing uh, bank teller job. Uh, that mm. you know they 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 sent me to close a location. And they're like, uh, okay, so you have about an hour, two hours worth of work to do every uh, every day. Can you entertain yourself the rest of the time? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, I can. And uh, <laughs> and I, I I was going through uh, I was going through a big book like that a week. I was learning Latin. Mm. I was uh, I was writing a book. All at work. It was Dang. it was the best. I made almost <laughs> nothing, but yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you were not, uh, as they say, making bank. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, and before I forget, Paul, that Steve Martin book, it's called Born Standing Up. Born Standing Up. Cool. I'll, I'll look up for that. Yeah. That's, it's, a, it's an interesting read slash listen. So. Nice. Then I'll sort of just, uh, and I know it's only been a few days, Josh, and I haven't played, played all of these, um, mm-hmm. but Sword and Sorcery. So I hit a point yeah. where that game is like, there's a way to sort of like circumvent that. And I may do that, um, but it's actually heavily tied to the lunar calendar. And so I have access to part of the game oh. under a full moon. And then I need to wait until the new moon comes until I can gotcha. sort of keep progressing. Um, so I have to put that a little bit on the back burner. Um, but yeah. You can only play once in a blue moon. Once in once in a new moon, yeah. Um, but um, uh, but it's it's interesting. And it's got a cool style, and the music's really cool. Jim Guthrie's uh, work on that soundtrack is really pretty neat. Um, and so I was like, I've kind of been just in a. I want to use the word Schadenfreude, kind of like experiencing some Schadenfreude, but I don't think that's the right word. Anyways, it just like kind of a weird funk where I was like, I want to play something. Do I want to go back and, and you want other people to suffer? Yeah, I do. But that's just all the time. Um, (laughs) No, no, I think like, I mean, I've been a fan of y'all show for a long time and I think that's completely accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I want to punish everyone. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, uh, Anyways, I've just kind of a weird funk where it's like, I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't really feel very strongly about anything. Uh, and I, I actually wasn't playing a ton for a while there, but I got that copy of Metroid Dread and I was like, I'm going to play this. Oh, yeah. So I started, I started tooling around with that. And it actually, there was a brief minute where I was like, I want to just go back and read because it's technically a sequel to Fusion. I was like, right. I want to play Fusion again. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, we're not doing that right now. Like maybe we can go back to Fusion. <laughs> some of, like, yeah, it pretty much, I was like, calm down. <laughs> that is a firm calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, another 372 pages reference. Sorry. Yeah. No, and and I, I'm there for that. Um, I'm like, I'm gonna be sort of working my way through Metroid Dread. Uh and since we we were on TRG a little bit ago, and I mentioned in there that Logan had actually sent me a copy, a game for my birthday for my 40th. He sent me a copy of Returnal for the PS5. So I'm like, mm-hmm. like I actually so I actually fired up Hades 
on my PS5. And I was like, I'm going to play that. I'm going to start. And I was like, it was like one of those things where I played for like, I was like, I'm going to play for like 10 minutes. And then 10 minutes turns into 30, turns into an hour, turns into one in the morning. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, not doing this right now. But that kind of got me in sort of a roguelike vibe. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I have Returnal. Um, this is a new game, came out recently. It's sort of, it, it's been, it didn't actually make the game of the year you know, conversation, but a lot of people are saying it should have. I'm like, I'm going to check this out. So I actually fired that up tonight. I was playing a little bit of that, probably put in like 45 minutes. That 45 minutes, I'm in. I'm like, you know, nice. I'm digging this game. And I know it's going to get a lot harder. And I'm probably going to be like, there's going to be a lot of like, I hate this and I hate everything. And I just, I want it all to end. Um, but not right now. Right now, I'm like, this is <laughs> you have very, very specific taste in games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, every once in a while, I just, I feel the need to just like, sort of like keep on the, the, the self-loathing. Um, <laughs> but it's got like a really cool vibe, like a very cool sci-fi kind of thing. Um, I'm just, I'm excited. Like I'm, like I said, that, that half hour, 45 minutes, I sort of dumped into it before we started recording. Very cool. I'm super into that. Nice. And then as sort of uh, just, I was like, we had John on for this last step for the last episode. He mentioned Mm -hmm. that he was playing final fantasy nine on his Vita. Right. I went through, I charged my Vita up and I'm like, I'm going to put final fantasy nine on my Vita. And that's going to be sort of like just a chill little, like, I'm just going to like pop through this thing when I get to it. And like, but that's going to be like, sort of going back and revisiting, doing a bit of a deep dive on that and just sort of uh, enjoying that again. So nice. You know, I, I, uh, part of uh, uh, Final Fantasy 21 was I replayed uh, nine first time since PlayStation mm-hmm. and played it, played the PC version. And uh, yeah, like that had always been like an A rank game for me, but with the sped up uh, uh, battle loading, that's, that's on that's on that's top four final fantasies now that nice. that game is so good that so was tops four is that what you said yeah it tops four okay no i don't think he's hearing you he did he did that was nine, well done well done <laughs> nine well has done. consistently been one of my favorites um it's like one of those ones where I'm I'm like one of those disgruntled fanboys because I feel like seven gets a ton of shine and a ton of love. And I'm not saying that I mean, I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole again, but I feel like nine is criminally underrated. Like it, it it's is. just like it's like it's a really great game, really great cast. There are so many things I like about that game. But so I'm excited to yeah. go back to it and listening to John's or reading through John's play by play. I'm like, well, I got, that's, I got to get back into this. And it was such a breath of fresh air when it came out mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like going through seven and eight, which are not happy games. No, they're, they're edge Lordy emo. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But coming into a game with just a substantial sense of humor where like even like even Vivi, who is kind of an edge lord type of a character, but he's adorable and funny and sympathetic 
and mm. Cloud and Squall are not. Uh, no. Sorry. <clears throat> also, the Eagles suck. <laughs> get everybody against us. Got to get that in there. Now <laughs> we're going to talk about Doug Wilson. <laughs> um, no. No. I will that pull the is... on this right now. <laughs> I mean, that would be the hardest case of whiplash from Final Fantasy IX to Doug Wilson. That's like, oh, very, very different uh, um, feeling. Wow. That almost... <laughs> ruined everything um <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm kidding um but just sort of pushing through my backlog stuff uh backlog report uh i'm still kind of listening to don quixote that is a really cool oh, yeah. book like yeah. if you've never read it or listened to it guys like i'm like there are parts of it where i'm like this is an unintelligible slog but then it's like it's sort of like these excerpts like I'm just kind of like, I'm into it. Like, I'm not saying that it's unintelligible, but it's like understanding, like, this is like the proto novel. And I'm, I'm just kind of like, a lot of people look at this as the very first example of what we would call the modern novel. And Hmm. it's a few hundred years old. And I'm just kind of like, I'm like, this thing's actually pretty cool. Anyways, that that's all I'm going to say about that. But then I also have been, I actually, I listened to another the the other literature podcast I listened to. It's called The Bookening. It's from the guys at Warhorn Media, and they they did Hamlet. They always do like some Shakespeare every year, and they did Hamlet this year. And it's like, you know what? Like the one guy was like, Hamlet's my favorite Shakespeare thing, and I was like, I just I could never read Shakespeare, but I thought it might be cool to listen okay. to like an audio drama version of the play. Because, you know, and, and that's ideally how it's, I mean, it's meant to be yes. seen or heard or watched. And I'm like, reading Shakespeare, like reading Shakespeare in high school was awful. Like it sucked. Yeah. But Romeo and Juliet was kind of rad. I'm like, I'm going to listen to it. And then I might like, depending on, I might end up watching a few of it just because like, I'm kind of like, that's where, like, I, I want to get some culture. But uh, mm-hmm. other than it, that, I'm still watching Bakuman. Can, can I say yeah. something in support yeah, of, of that real quick? Because I was a I was a lit lit major. I took classes. I like took graduate classes on on Shakespeare, and I really love Shakespeare. Okay. But mm-hmm. and 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 I I say this to people who want to read classic plays and stuff all the time. It's like reading them isn't better. They're not meant to be read. If you can like yeah. if you can find like a good movie version or an audio adaptation of them. That's what Shakespeare intended. You're not, Mm -hmm. that's not Mm. the lesser way to read these. And so, especially with like, um, uh, like Shakespeare, there are some fantastic movies. Like, uh, there was, there was a great, great, uh, version of Merchant of Venice with Al Pacino Mm -hmm. in it. It's so good. I've seen that one. Um, and Titus, uh, with, uh, 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 oh gosh, who was in, who was in Titus? Um, now it's going to come to me a little bit later. Um, but there's a, uh, there's a pronounced gr- Titus. Final Fantasy 10 reference. Yes. And it's awful. Which, which I also you replayed this year. Everything, Josh. You everything. everything. Um, but there are some great movie versions of, mm. of, of these plays. Um, any, uh, any of the Ken, uh, Ken Branagh movies, uh, especially, oh, okay. If you haven't seen his Henry, the fifth, Oh my God, just so good. But yeah, 
find find the adaptations of these that uh shakespeare mm-hmm. did not mean for you to get a 3000 page book and read it that's mm-hmm. that was never his intent well dude and that's the thing yeah like hamlet like to read it is massive but to listen yeah. to it is three and a half hours exactly like, yeah and i'm like dude like yeah this is it makes it just much more approachable much more and so I'm, I'm like, I think like this might become a bit of a thing for me every once in a while, like listening to some yeah. Shakespeare, like some good nice. dramatized Shakespeare. Like I'm, I'm in for it. Like, nice. Cause I like, audio, I like radio plays and stuff like that. And this is, yeah. and like, I like the fully cast audiobooks. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. listen to the bard, man. Yeah. But and if, if you're oh. really pressed for time, you could probably find a couple old episodes of Wishbone. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> uh, the other thing I was going to ask is, have you seen uh, Gustave Doré's illustrations of Don Quixote? No. Okay, I'm going to put one in chat. Um, okay, it, cool. Well, in, in Discord. All right, so I'm uh, Gustave Doré um, was uh, a 19th century uh, French illustrator. He did some amazing stuff for the Bible. He uh, He... He did. Uh, he, he just he's just illustrated a lot of stuff, and his stuff is amazing. But um, all woodcut uh, stuff, and Yo, so I threw one. That's a woodcut. Yeah, that's insane. That is his, his stuff is great, and he and he like he he would produce fully like fully illustrated editions of these books. Like so so like his Don Quixote. He I don't I don't know how many images it is. It's like fifty. It's there's a lot. Mm. Um. And, uh, and I, I have a lot of his, uh, like uh, his book, his books, but reprintings of his books. There's fantastic stuff. His Bible illustrations are, are killer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'll have to definitely sort of look at those, especially as I sort of go a little bit further. Like Woodcut is like one of those mediums where it's like, you have to almost approach it from like the inverse. Yeah. And yep. then you actually like, I, I just like, I have a ton of admiration for that. And I'm just like. Nah, like, <laughs> like not even once, like not, not even going to like even, but it's, it, I mean, it's awesome and it looks fantastic, but it's just like yeah. the, the entire process. I'm like, I try, I, it was like one of those things where I tried to do it for like a senior high, high art class one time. Oh and yeah. It was like, I was like, this is terrible and I hate it. I'm never doing this again, <laughs> but, um, Anyways, just sort of wrapping up the backlog report, my backlog score now sits at negative nine because I also picked up something um, and it was before Nintendo officially announced their sort of like Black Friday sale. And now if you go to GameStop, at least when I checked last, GameStop Digital, uh, Astral Chain is 40 bucks. I got it for 30. So suck it. Like, um, (laughs) uh, but uh, all that being See, that's, said, that's Schadenfreude. Yeah, happy about someone else's pain. That's Schadenfreude. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's sort of like a, a low key default sort of position for me. So, um, constant, just constantly sort of rejoicing at other. Uh, uh, oh, that's I am a sick man. I need help. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's not. Uh, anyways, so let's kind of. Uh, Jeez, wow. Hey, you, you know what, guys? You know what's not sick and what doesn't need help? Um, hopefully, your enjoyment of this podcast. That's a terrible transition. I'm super good at this. 
shoot me now, please. Um, no, but hey, guys, if you like what we do, and uh, you know, you've already after done, that transition, everybody's out. They've just yeah, they're just they're, they're just like we're done. Um, hey, if you're still listening and you like what we do, um, and obviously we're going to assume that you've already done the like the sub. You know, think about giving us a rating or a review over on whatever podcast catcher you're listening to us on. But also, you know, think about maybe, you know, checking out the Patreon Uh, for as little as a buck a month. You know, think of it as a tip jar. You can get access to we we actually record video for all of these podcasts. You get the unedited versions. Um, There's no ad, ad breaks. Well, there's nonsense and shenanigans that happen in the ad break. But you don't get those if you're listening to this on free feeds. No pressure. Just if it's something cool and you're interested, we just want you guys to know it's there. Uh, the other thing is like, hey, if you're not on it yet and you're sort of serious about like tackling your backlogs, one of the things we often say here is, you know, the best way to master something is to measure it or what is measured is mastered. It's one of our sort of uh, breakdown maxims, if you would. And one of the best ways to do that is on GG, the app. It's got a great user experience. It's basically a letterboxed app for your video game collection. Uh, Charles, he's a friend of ours. He's constantly adding new uh, features to the app, um, constantly tweaking it. It's just like it's been an absolute pleasure to watch that thing really sort of take off over the last couple of years. Um, we we really wholeheartedly support what he's doing over there. And we just think it's, you know, it's a great app and you should check it out. Um, and lastly, Paul is on the show with us. He's a, a proud member of the Playwell Network along with ourselves and then Wesley, aka the Henshin Dad himself. And we just like, we think these are outstanding podcasts. We love these guys. We love their approach to just sort of entertainment. Um, and we think uh, it's worth listening to and we think you ought to do that. So uh, here's an ad spot from, you know, someone from the Pwncast <laughs> Network. The Pwn Network. What, the, the Play Well Network. Get Pwn. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. No. No. That's not true. That That's impossible. This is such an incredible moment. A memory that will bring joy to the hearts of millions of people for generations. Wait, wait, what? The sort of thing they talk about on the Retro Station podcast. The stories, movies, music, moments that brought us together as a people that we enjoyed with friends. (laughs) You laugh about this with your friends? My life has been a lie. Exactly. This is wonderful. You're crazy. No, everyone agrees this is a truly classic moment. Wait, wait a minute. Did you kill mom then? I'd I'd rather not talk about that. Oh, I I bet they talk about that on the retro station, huh? What a classic moment that was when mom died. Actually, most people thought that was a bit of a letdown. They made memes making fun of it. They... They made memes of mom? The Retro Station Podcast. Celebrating all those things that made us nerds. And we're back. All right. So here's the deal. Paul, you're here uh, tonight specifically because, well, and and it you chose this game and it was sort of, you had talked about maybe, uh, was it Radiant Historia or Radiant? 
Yeah. Yeah. And Brady has sort of, mm-hmm. we had sort of bounced around, but then like, and like the way that I say it is that somewhere in the discord, you said, let's be honest, Nate, you're never going to play Baldur's Gate. And I took that <laughs> personally. Uh, and I was like, challenge accepted. Um, so I, you know, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, maybe at this point, I just sat down and that's all I played for like two or three weeks. And, uh, anyways, Josh got around to it and well, he actually, I think started playing it before I did or something, but anyways, mm-hmm. short version is, uh, I've played it and I have thoughts, but, uh, it was sort of as a, as a patron, you know, this is a game that you suggested sort of nominated for us to play and you're a big fan of it. So, uh, we're going to talk about Baldur's Gate and before we Yay. get into, so we're going to sort of break this down into a couple different steps, but we're going to just some vital statistics on this. Um, this was developed by originally. So the original Baldur's Gate was developed by Bioware. Um, Black Isle was the publisher. Yeah. The original and publisher. This- and this was this was a Bioware's second game, mm-hmm. and their first RPG. So yeah, I I had heard somewhere that no one on the team had actually put out a game before. Um, yeah, I wasn't like sure said, if it was Bioware's no one game. or if it was or if it was most of them. But yeah, that was they they were exceedingly knowledgeable about D anD D. Like right, the, yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> they were like uh uh, but um. But yeah, very inexperienced uh, development team. So, well, and just to sort of you know put some times and dates on this thing, uh, the original Baldur's Gate was released December twenty first, nineteen ninety eight, for Windows and uh, Mac, and again developed by Bioware. But the version that we all played, uh, at least for this go around, was Baldur's Gate: The Enhanced Edition, which actually was released November twenty eighth, twenty twelve. So that's that is how many years later that is a lot that's 14 years later yeah um and that's the enhanced edition was developed actually by overhaul games uh but it it was released for windows mac linux ps4 or and you know ps5 as well i guess but not there's no native ps5 version but xbox one so you can also play on the the series games or the series uh, S and X, uh, Switch, Android, and iOS. But Beam Dog, I thought Beam Dog was had something to do with. Uh, Over well, Overhaul is a division of Beam Dog. Okay, and Siege of Dragon Spear, which is sort of uh, some additional DLC uh, for the original game, was developed exclu- uh, exclusively by Beam Dog. So, um, yeah, yeah the, and. There's a whole that, pile that of these, didn't come, these games. The Siege of Dragon Spear didn't come out till 2016. Yeah, so mm-hmm. th- that was a few years. Um, that's actually the latest release. Siege of Dragon Spear um, is the latest Baldur's Gate sort of release. Well, Baldur's Gate three is in is in production. It's right in now. early early access. That's from yeah, Larian. Right. Um, but yeah, th- these games are sort of beloved. Uh, and just sort of, this is a CRPG, you know, it comes from sort of, this is very early on and sort of, you know, not beginning of games, but sort of like the, the, the really, this is when PC gaming specifically was really sort of like coming into its own, um, in a m- much more robust sort of way. Yeah. Um, 
you know, just sort of going into some sort of context or baggage that, you know, I had with the game. It's, I, I told you guys before we started recording this, this is not the first time I come, you know, to Baldur's Gate trying to play this game. I actually had a buddy back when I was in junior high. Uh, he was big into tabletop gaming. We used to play a lot of, we actually used to plan a lot of GURPS campaigns. Play, not okay. so much. We would get like a bunch of pizzas, <laughs> pile of, just piles of Mountain Dew and Doritos. And we would sort of get these GURPS campaigns set up and we'd start to play. And then you know, it was like three in the morning. And so it was like, there, there were a fistful of guys that, you know, um, I did that with, but my buddy Kevin had this on his PC and I would go over and he would try to get me to play this thing. And, uh, I'm pretty sure that when I was at his house, I never got out of candle keep, but, uh, you know, anyways, mm -hmm. coming back to it though, I actually owned, uh, the enhanced edition for my, I didn't, I forgot about this, but for my phone. And then I had bought Yikes. a copy for my laptop as well. I ended up playing it on my PS5 just because, like, I am, I am like part of that. You know, the couch, couch play nation. I like to uh, sit on my couch with a controller in my hand for my video games. That's how I like to partake of them. But mm -hmm. uh, Josh, just you know, sort of going around the table here. Did you have any experience with this prior to this? No, none at all. So I have uh, admittedly been uh, intimidated by CRPGs uh, for a long time. It just it like it's a genre that I I've had a passing interest in as a big fan of JRPGs. Like I wanted to see what is so special about this genre, but almost all of them <laughs> that I have looked into are enormous games, there. and so I I never had taken the plunge. Uh, because I know, th th like, in my mind, the big difference between Eastern and Western RPGs are that uh, the, that Eastern RPGs generally are trying to tell a specific story, and so you are kind of railroaded down that story, whereas Western RPGs are all about choice and decision, and you can, you know, you can affect different things that go on in the world, and so that makes them these, these huge games. Uh, and so the writing there is a little different too. So anyways, all that to be said that I had never even played any games in this genre. The closest that I had gotten was some uh, Command & Conquer Red Alert 2 on PC back in the day. And even then I didn't get very far. And that's, you know, that's more of like an RTS. It's yeah, like, I was going to say that's real-time yeah. strategy, bro. <laughs> it's, it's, not, uh, <laughs> it's not. Well, that's what I'm saying is like that's the closest that I had gotten to like a computer RPG was was a computer uh, uh rts so uh no i had no experience i was i was cautiously optimistic um about dipping my toe in here and so i picked up the game on switch because that's much more convenient for me as well and and it remains to be seen whether or not i should have just gone for the pc version um, but the convenience factor of the switch uh definitely helped in some ways so. mm -hmm. now and um, paul i'm you know I'm, I am a little curious as to what is some of your context here, man? Like what's your baggage? Like when, when, like you recommended this, so you obviously have a lot of affection for this series. So sort of like illuminate us, illuminate us. Yeah. Um, uh, in, 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 I, I can, the, the reason I picked this is mm -hmm. because I have not played that many games. 
like I, I always joke with Wes that, you know, I could do a, a, a top 100 list, but I don't know that I've played a hundred video games. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I was like, I was like, I, I wanted to think about like, like all the, uh, kind of games I wanted to talk about on the show. And I was like, I kind of want to give the guys an experience that they probably haven't had, or mm-hmm. probably haven't had overly much exposure to this sort of thing. And, uh, and, and then as the year wore on, I was like, I was like, man, we're going to get to them. But these rules, this, this rule set is, you know what, what do y'all feel about radiant historia? <laughs> just cause, just cause like I could talk about radiant historia all day. Um, mm-hmm. but, well, and uh, I, I but think yeah. I just, just, you know, sort of, I have every intention of playing that next, like for next year. And so we'll, we'll definitely slot an episode probably with oh, you and Wes. Oh yeah, of, that'd be great. Yeah, well, maybe even make that a bit of a uh, a pwncast. So, but uh, anyways, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah. So when this came out, I um, I I did not grow up on D anD. d I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. I like I was not allowed to do fantasy stuff at all until um, you know until like high school and then into college. I wanted to play D&D, but I was at a Baptist university and I couldn't find anybody who would play it with me. And I finally like begged and and threatened and got a couple of games going. I had to be DM right away. I, I learned, uh, you know, I learned the games as best as I could, but they never, they never lasted more than two sessions. And so I had only played mm. like three times. Um, and, and I heard really good things about this game. And this is uh, this was kind of this was kind of the situation at the time that um, the Western RPGs had were had a great eighties, and mm-hmm. were not doing well in the nineties, and they all kind of sucked. And then in ninety six, Diablo came out, and nine, uh, ninety seven, Fallout came out, and then ninety eight, Baldur's Gate came out and turned everything around. But I had heard great things about this game, so I was showing earlier my my set of CD-ROMs. I don't have yeah. a CD-ROM player, uh, but, <laughs> but I have the CD-ROMs. Um, but I got it. And, and thankfully I had enough experience that I knew what Thatco was. And um, okay. we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get into that. Uh, and so like I had a basic understanding of the rules and I sat down and I tried to play it like a JRPG. Like I mm-hmm. went to the first screen. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's time to level grind. We're going to clear this screen out. Hey, look, there's a bear. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I was not supposed to go off the road, was I? <laughs> and um, and uh, and so like uh, it was it was it was kind of a learning curve because I'd played some Ultima before this, but not a, not a lot. Hmm. And I and I hadn't played the old '80s D and D game, the great D and D games like uh, Pool of Radiance or or mm-hmm. I the Beholder yet. Um, but yeah, I just like I, I fell in love with this game and and just played, and and got very 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 far. It was um, stupid hard. It was ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. I uh, I cheated. There's a there was a program that let me change all my stats. Oh nice. And uh, and so like everybody was twenty round all the cro- all down the board. Uh, I finally cheated, and it still took me several times to actually beat it. And. Uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, I I absolutely fell in love with the the game, and like one of one of the memories was um, I had Mormon missionaries over at my house, and and like they brought up D anD D, and like and we got talking about this game because I, I was playing it at the time, you know, I, I probably had it up on the computer when they were over, so that was my mm-hmm. memory of talking to the Mormon missionaries. 
Mm. <laughs> I don't know if it made an impression on them. It made an impression on me. <laughs> yes. Nice. No. But yeah, uh, yeah. just recently, I, it, it was actually part of this, this year where I was trying to actually beat games that I had uh, that I had played a lot of, but I hadn't beaten before, like Diablo 2 and Final Fantasy V. Mm. And, uh, and so went back and, and got the, the EE version of this. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I went back through it. Now, and, and since the, the EE version does, the enhanced edition version does have some pretty significant quality of life sort of yes. adjustments. Uh, it, it's actually apparently the normal mode is easier than the normal mode in the original Baldur's Gate, which, yeah. I, I, you, you know, there's a part of me that's a little bit surprised by that, but also not really all that surprised by this because you mentioned the sort of rule set to this thing. Uh, basically, Baldur's Gate is based off of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And I, I've made mm-hmm. mention of this in the show. Like, that is a terrible rule set. Like, it is, and it, it's like, I think the story is like, oh, hey, there's a bear. Let's go grind some levels. I'm dead. Like, and that's actually sort of like advanced D&D is like D&D. I, and, and what's really interesting is I've actually heard that like D&D is a lot like sort of like survival horror games in the fact that like early on you don't have a toolkit you don't have levels you don't have health you don't have whatever and you're just like it's basically you're just meat like you are like trying not (laughs) to die um and then as you power up and everything else but like ad and d is like it's like you're meat the whole time like you yeah. can like even at a high level, it is like we were we were sort of saying to Josh earlier before we started recording, it is easier to die in advanced Dungeons and Dragons than it is to just keep playing. Like mm-hmm. you like anything can kill you. Mm-hmm. So Oh yeah. And uh and, and like like the original version, the full hard mode of the game is like uh like if one of you if one of your characters die. If you die, the game is over. But if one of your pl- yeah. characters dies, you can go revive them. But if they get hit hard enough, their body explodes and they permadie. <laughs> They're super dead. They're super dead. And that's one of the things that's removed in um, in the new normal mode uh, that is, oh, that okay. is easy, easier. Um, but like, yeah, like AD, like, uh, uh, and, and for context for people who don't, don't play D&D, AD&D was second edition D&D. Mm-hmm. Fifth edition is the edition we're on now. Fifth edition right. is is an edition that is is intentionally trying to make you feel like a superhero and deliver okay. deep stories to you. Mm-hmm. AD&D were meat grinders. It's like <laughs> it's like create several characters cuz you're going to die a few times. And it was it was just getting through the dungeon and using your wits to uh, uh, your wits and and the luck of the dice to well, uh, to get through, and and it's sort of what we talked about too. Is like this is actually a super strict interpretation of the AD and D, right? Like like in an AD and D game, like in a D and D game, the the dungeon master, the game master, sort of whatever title you want to use there, actually has like a lot of influence. Like and it how hard and fast they want to sort of like play with the rules. Like there are some guys who are just sticklers, and like I've played I've played some D and D games where it's like the dungeon master just wants to kill you. Like he is actively yeah. seeking to destroy the players, um, right. which those can be fun in their own ways because then it's the the players versus the the dungeon master. Uh, other right. dungeon masters sort of 
play a little more. It's like, it is more about like telling the story. And so they soften up the rules and they might fudge some numbers. This game, it's straight rolls, period. Like, and, and, and in real time. Yeah. Well, yeah. And what's, what's interesting though, is that the game really is, they, it's, yes, it is all in real time, but, and they never really come out and say this, but they want you to pause. They want you to stop and like take turns and stuff like that. But the game never actually comes out and just says, hey, the optimal way to play this is like you can actually sort of pause combat, sort of map everything out, which we actually you see like the sort of the further workings out of that system in, in further in later Bioware games like Knights of the Old Republic, Jade Empire and all that stuff where there right, is that yeah. sort of like, hey, and even the Dragon Age games where it's like, OK, let's let's pause like Dragon Age is actually a sort of the spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate. In a lot of ways, but like the the thing is, the game doesn't actually tell you, "Hey, stop, make your decisions, let them play out." Stop, make your decisions, let that play out. And the AI is not super robust. It's it, in the enhanced edition. It's fine. It's adequate. It is, yeah. mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. and and like I've said to everybody, like full disclosure, I played this on story mode, which is like easy mode plus you can't die. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and I actually, you know, just sort of coming around to it, like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it that way because like, and, and here's the thing is I knew that the rule system was trash. Like I've had experience, like I've played a game of gotcha. advanced dungeons and dragons like once. And I actually almost didn't come like the bulk of my, my tabletop stuff has been, you know, 3.5 GURPS or Pathfinder. You know, mm-hmm. and Pathfinder yeah. is just a heavily modified our D and D three point five, right. but um, a little bit of fourth. But I've never been able to like uh, Paul. Like I suffer from sort of the same problem. I've never been able to get like a real serious game going. Um, and now that I'm an old man, I just don't. I have too many sort of fires in the iron, or irons in the fire. Jeez, wow! Need <laughs> that's pretty someday. Wow. See, I'm, I'm losing my mind, people. Um, <laughs> But it feels it feels like that sometimes, Nate. I'm with you. I, yeah. I understand. <laughs> Josh is too young to, you get, to get it yet, you but he will. <laughs> um, but it's I actually really enjoyed the playthrough um, on story mode, and it's like I was telling you guys before again before we started recording, like doing it that way actually made the game. Because Josh, I sort of feel the same way, man. Like CRPGs are just they're too big. I've tried to go at uh, Divinity Original Sin. I've tried to make a run at that game yeah. several times. Yeah. I just can't get into it because it's there's too much, it's too big, and it's like it just doesn't do anything for me. And it's like, but okay. what what and what I'll say is like with Baldur's Gate, the enhanced edition on story mode, I was actually sort of like I was like Yo, if I can do this more often, where it is much more a much more sort of approachable sort of experience, I'm kind of like I might be in into some of this. And it was, and again, like I I might have dumped twenty hours into this thing, maybe I don't even. But it was like, and I did a fair amount of the side content. And at the time, like back when you know this game first came out, this this game would have been massive, and you can put way more time into it than I did, but. It's oh, just, yeah. it's just like, 
I was like, this thing feels pretty manageable and enjoyable. And I'm like, I actually, I think I might come back and try to do a more serious playthrough and just turn on easy mode instead of baby mode. But I'm just saying like people <laughs> like I played on baby mode. I have no regrets and I actually enjoyed it. Like it was, it was kind of cool. Just sort of putting my cards on the table. This, this is kind of a should play as a, not only as a historical piece, but because I think it, like especially enhanced edition on story mode, it's kind of enjoyable. And if you go through that and you like it that way, you can always turn the difficulty up. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But anyways, that's that's sort of some of my thoughts before we get into, you know, too too far down the road. And like you know, Josh, I'd I'd be interested to hear. Like we know that Paul has a a tremendous affection for this game, but I would be interested to sort of hear like what were your sort of thoughts when you sort of were on the other side of this tunnel. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that I was playing the game on normal. I, I might have bumped. I might have started it on easy. I don't. Rem, I honestly don't remember. I'd have to. I'd have to go and check. But I'm pretty sure I was on normal. Um, so lots, lots of deaths, all that fun stuff. And and Paul, you had given me a heads up on things like save constantly. You know, like oh, save scum the crap out of this game. Seriously, yes. it's yes. very important. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I had some of these pointers that helped me. I didn't go in completely blind. I did also want to check out again, kind of what is this whole like CRPG thing? Like what are what are some of the things that I need to know? Just because I literally never played any of them. And so I did. It's funny that you mentioned it earlier. I did kind of play it like a JRPG in the way that um, I I did a lot of fighting. You know, pretty much when I came across stuff, I would fight it and, you know, just try to try and gain the experience. Um, so it, it, there's this interesting mix as I was, I was, I was thinking about this, trying to kind of like put my finger on it. And we did also, I'll, I'll bring this up too. We did get a question um, from mm-hmm. one of our listeners, actually from Jonathan, who was on the previous episode. And uh, he asked like how it holds its own. And so I'm going to kind of answer that. Yeah. But again, it's as someone who like never played it up until now. So it's not that my, you know, that not that my opinion on the game has changed. It's that I've just literally never even touched the thing. Um, I was kind of surprised because I did a little prep work on the front end to kind of understand what it is I was getting into. I was a little surprised that it did not, um, I felt like it introduced you to the game and it didn't immediately overwhelm me like I was expecting it to um, in terms of all the different systems that are going on, the things that you have to kind of keep track of and things like that. Maybe it's the Enhanced Edition tutorial because I know there wasn't a tutorial in the original version. Um, So that could be part of it. Uh, So so I appreciated that. I was like, okay, kind kind of getting my bearings under me. However, I think that ended up shooting me in the foot because then there was a lot of things kind of later on to the game that I didn't quite understand. Again, kind of playing it like a JRPG, I wasn't sure, you know, what should my team consist of? I don't know. I've got six different slots. I like these people. And Mm -hmm. now that we've gained some level ups, like, I don't want to, I don't want to change anyone. Like, I don't want to send someone away and get someone else on my team. Like, no, like... I've come this far with this team. Like, let's just keep going. Um, and so it made for for a bit of a uh, unconventional, it just kind of lopsided team. I didn't really have 
healers. <laughs> I've got some people who could cast light, uh, cure light wounds, but that's about it. And I, and I didn't really understand some of what you needed later on the game. Uh, you know, like you said, Nate, how you, how it's kind of expecting you to pause and set up different things in order to overcome something. So, so one of the major, um, one of the points where I'd pretty much the, the last boss that I had fought was, man, he was really tough if you didn't know what you were doing which is okay. Again, I'm playing Shin Megami Tensei. It does some of these same things of like, you're going to die the first time you come to a boss. It's just, that's just what happens. You need to understand the boss's weakness. You need to formulate your party around that in Shin Megami Tensei. And there was more of that here in Baldur's Gate than I understood at the time. And the way that you play it, it's not just about combat. It's also about, um, kind of nullifying the things it's about collecting spells having the right type of <laughs> um magicians in order to and that's not even the right term but spell casters basically mm-hmm. uh in order to use different types of magic because i have like tons and tons of scrolls that i don't know i don't have any characters to use it i don't know can my you know and there's a lot there's a ton of item management which which really wasn't it didn't get under my skin i'll say but it, but there's a lot in there. So I know I've thrown out a bunch of different thoughts here, but basically, uh, you know, thinking about how does it hold up? Well, honestly, it, it the beginning of the game, it did not it was not as overwhelming as I thought it was going to be. It was like, okay, I think I can I think I can understand this. But then I didn't understand some of the more esoteric things about the game and what makes it special and what um what you kind of the, the game basically forces you to do later on in order to play well, which is to formulate your teams around the specific enemies that you are facing, the specific bosses and things like that. So I felt like there were some difficulty spikes that could have been alleviated if I was a better player, if I understood what was expected of me more. I I also think the difficulty spikes are just difficult. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, it's that too. It, it, it is. And, um, uh, and, and that that was that was uh, at the word esoteric is is just second edition in general AD and D in general. It's like look, I mean, if you got into it at the time and and you really like it, like I really like second edition. I really like it. Um, okay. I, I like you know I like that it's a bit more dangerous than fifth edition, but it's a very very steep learning curve. Uh-huh. It, it is um, very deadly. And and some of it is just stupid. Like that go is stupid. That go <laughs> well, is stupid. You know, I, and, I actually I had like a little bit of a joke that I'm just like, you know how you're always telling Josh and I like that we don't really like persona. We just think we we want to like persona and we just keep trying <laughs> to convince people that we like persona. I think you want to like AD and D. You're just trying to convince yeah. yourself. Like No, I, I got mean, I get uh, it. There like I I like it's an interesting rule set. I just I'm of the mindset that we have better rule sets. Yes, so. no, 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 I agree. I, I I totally agree. Like like um, I I have uh I have a book that's called Osric. It is a um, it's it's kind of this retro clone of AD and D, but it um okay. it makes the rules more manageable. It mm-hmm. gets rid like like okay, so like if uh, for people who don't know armor class, like in a normal yeah, let's talk about that world. 
armor class, you want it to be high, right? No, you want armor class to be low. You actually want it to be negative, which makes zero sense in life. Uh, and Thacko is your attack roll. It stands for two hit armor class zero. It, so if you're fighting something that has an ar armor class zero on a 20-sided die, this is the number that you have to roll. But then you subtract their armor class, which is sometimes negative. So it's like your Thacko is 14, and then you're subtracting a negative two. So it's 16. There's way too much math is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> and so it's dumb. You want Thacko to be lower. You want armor class to be lower. And thankfully, like the EE edition of this game actually does color indications. It's right, like yeah. green. Good. Oh, that's not you the original. That is not in the original. You had to understand oh, what it meant. Oh, man. Okay. Um, and so, uh, it, it's so like, yeah, the EE version really, really helps with that. It's like, look, I know the, I know you're going into the negatives. That's a good thing. Look, we're highlighting it in green. That means good. And, um, green and means so, go, but like, uh, but like, uh, Osric rule set does away with that. It does. And like an ascending armor class and just a regular role. And so there's not as much. And so it's, it's taking AD and D and smoothing out the rules a lot. Yeah. But nice. but that being said, like it is, it's it's esoteric. It's it's like they've uh, fifth edition is a far superior set of rules than than AD and D. I just wish it were more deadly. Well, that like that's a sort of legitimate sort of critique. I haven't played a ton of fifth. In fact, yeah. I I don't know the last game I no we when it, our one off was in fifth, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's yeah. The last game I played was in fifth, but and it's like I get it. Because like, and I do think like that there's like, and that's I mean I'm a I'm a I'm an apologist for three point five, like three point five is great. Three point five is sort of like the mid mid grounds. There's still a lot of ways to die, but there's also like ways to make meaningful progression, and there's still a ton of like actual role playing sort of stuff that can be done. Like a lot of like the the building and exploring story, um, but. Like I said, mechanically, my biggest problem was I was like, AD&D sucks. I don't want to play AD&D. And so I knew some of that stuff. And then when Paul's talking about it, he's like, yeah. Oh, you want you want your tackle to be low? I was like, oh, no. Like in, inside, I'm going <laughs> I like. I remember this. It's like, oh, I thought I, I, I suppressed all that. Um, but even as much sort of like quality of life stuff that it does do like the the sort of like hey green is good you know like lower and sort of like with the tutorials and everything else there is mm -hmm. still a wicked curve to this game there like is. absolutely and yeah. i mean i can respect it but i'm also like listen i'm not <laughs> i'm i'm not i'm not there for that anymore like you, you know i'll take yeah. i'll take my punishment in other ways so, and so to, to answer that question from John, from my point of view, as somebody who adores this game, um, I, I absolutely love this game. Baldur's Gate 2 is a better game, like head and shoulders, better mm. game. Mm. Um, I, if you want to play Baldur's Gate 2, um, I would suggest playing this one first, just because... There's a lot of emotional weight in Baldur's Gate 2 about things that happen to your characters from this game. Mm, and so okay. getting to know them better is is a better thing. But the I, I think uh, uh, Nate and I were talking earlier about Neverwinter Nights, mm -hmm. which is the same Infinity Engine as this, but in third edition. And so it's going to make 
the the okay. rule set is uh, I haven't played that one. Um, uh, the game I have it, but I haven't played it yet. But third edition makes a lot more sense than second edition, mm-hmm. and so uh, the rule set might be uh, I, I won't say might be is easier to it's, deal with. It's a lot more approachable. Yeah, a lot more yeah. accessible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and John, just to sort of answer the question, I think the game holds up. I mean, like graphically, it's a little dated. I think, it, you know, there's some, yeah. like we, we talked about some of the stuff where it's like, yeah, there's definitely some, like, it is definitely a product of its time where it's like, yeah. hey, yeah, it's a me, Imowin or whatever, yeah. you know, and, or it's like. Had a little Mario come through on that yeah, one. But. It's, it's a me, it's a me, Imowin. It's a me, which it's actually would be a better read of that. Um, yeah. But. You know, and there's like you're gonna hear like the same sort of like sound bites and sort of dialogue lines, just like, and it's like th- that's just a, a product of its time. Like that's a, it's it's sort of a yep. a bit of a historical piece, but you know, like I said, it's there's some really interesting bones there, and I I think like I said, I played it on story mode and I had a lot of fun. And it's like, it actually sort of brought me back to the table on maybe playing another CRPG again. Like, mm-hmm. so like, yeah, does it hold up? Absolutely. I mean, it's not going to like, it's not going to like melt your face. This is not like the new hotness, but this is, there's, there's some good stuff there. Uh, do y'all, do y'all know about the cobblestones when they were trying to do the EE version of the game? I remember hearing something about this, but it's okay, been a few a, years. So this is a great story. So like a lot, a lot of the original assets were destroyed. And so like the, okay. this, what like the EE versions is not simply just like uh, an upscaling of the old assets. Cause a lot of them, they had to rebuild, but mm-hmm. they got to the cobblestone. And as they were, uh, as they were, you know, upgrading it to uh, HD graphics, they realized that the original cobblestones was just, a picture of a bunch of coffee beans and in HD, it looked like coffee beans and they're like, Oh, Oh no, that's not going to work. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so they had to, they had to remake cobblestone because, because they were, they were, they were using those old terrible graphics to, to hide what they were actually doing. And back in the day, it was great. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's lower resolution and you have a CRT monitor. So it's right. Like, yeah. It, 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 you get a lot more, uh, leeway there and, and the other the other thing when, when we're talking about suggest the game that i wanted to mention is that this is a dungeons and dragons game mm-hmm. this right. is not this is not a game that is set in dungeons and dragons rules this is thoroughly dungeons and dragons and okay. the developers of this game understood dungeons and Dragons, uh, forgotten realms Rune, the sword coast better than anyone and i was joking with with y'all uh it, when, I, when i was rereading the novel that the novelization changed something and got it wrong, according to the lore. This is oh, a wow. first-party novel published by Wizards of the Coast, and they got it wrong when Bioware got it right. Wow! And like, uh, huh. uh, like uh, in the expansion, there's Durlag's Tower that I want to go into a little bit later. But that's that's a mention in an old Forgotten Realms book that Ed Greenwood wrote, and and he just wrote. He wrote the like the ba- like the basis of hey there's hint there's there's something down there we're not sure exactly what it is and they expanded that story and they have all these cameos and so when I played it the first time I didn't know anything about Forgotten Realms and so I didn't I didn't know Elminster in in all of these stories and it 
and it still it it still made sense to me. But now coming back to it, when I have a lot more knowledge about the the lore, is like, oh my goodness, there there's some deep cuts in this. That this team, uh, I read somewhere that uh, that one person on the team had read literally every Forgotten Realms thing published, and it's mm. like, yeah, it shows. It really shows. Mm. Nice. Nice. That's super cool. Uh, I I will admit I didn't even know this was a Dungeons and Dragons game until like we decided to play it. Like I'd heard of Baldur's yeah. Gate. I didn't know it was Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't even know there was that affiliation there. I just knew it as a CRPG. So well, and I'm I'm not super familiar with Forgotten Realms, but that's like an imprint of certain the the because the Dragonlance stuff and Forgotten Realms are actually two. St- like separate they're they're separate worlds yeah okay yeah um that's and and it goes to kind of the knowledge of the development team because um in in like Baldur's gate 2 there's a uh a plane shifting sphere that you go in and you meet some characters from the dragonlance world Mm. and they get startled by halflings and even i'm like a fanatical dragonlance fan i'm like wait what and i'm like they don't have halflings in Dragonlands. That's clever. I didn't even think about that. And hmm. but yeah, Forgotten Realms is is all the stories in Faerun, uh, which is this world. Uh, well, that, and that's and that's forgot, the world uh, for Baldur's Gate for anybody who's sort of you know if if you're aware of some of these names, uh, but like Drizzt Dorden, mm-hmm. which why why did Salvatore be like I'm going to put two Z's and a T and make people say that? <laughs> um, it's I, it's like uh i i'm just like why um but like that's that's the world that he exists in yeah. so now, did y'all find him i did not i didn't even okay. know that he, you could find him in Baldur's gate he's in the game yep hmm. he, he just, it's his cameo he just appears um you can find volo in a bar can you fight drizzt you can Yes. Mm. And uh if you if you are a sword wielding ranger, you uh that is a strategy because he has the best scimitar in the game. Mm. Well, it's, he's uh he's quick and he's high level. So you got you got to you got to jump on him. Is that a scimitar plus 3 or whatever? I don't know. I didn't I didn't get it. Oh. I can't fight Dritz. That's <laughs> like listen. I'm playing a good character. It's it's not a canon. It, dude, it's not canon. <laughs> so <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, you know, sort of going forward, like, I, I guess it's, it's just time. There's not a ton to spoil here, but like, we are just going to throw out a spoiler warning. We're going to talk about the plot. This is, this is an old game, people. This is probably older than some of our listeners, at least one or two of them, which makes me, my feeling old intensifies. Um, <laughs> but, what I would say is like, listen, if you are interested in playing this and you don't want the plot spoiled, well, it, go play it and then come back. And if not, like just you've been warned. So oh, and, 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 and to to support actually spoiling the plot for yourself, if you are uh, if you are going to play the actual D&D adventure Descent into Avernus, then uh, there are direct ties to this game in it. Um, mm-hmm. The ball spawn. And the uh, the cults of the dead three are continuing to be a problem in Baldur's Gate, and so uh, I would definitely like if you're going to play that game, uh, which which is a tabletop adventure, 
you know, watch at least watch a video of 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 these two games because they tie in. So, well, well, Paul, like since you are sort of the the resident expert here on this, give us sort of the quick and dirty version of the synopsis, just of the not even sort of like the super spoiler mode, but the general sort of plot of this game. Um, yeah, so uh, your character, uh, no matter what you create, and you do create your character, but no matter what you create, you are an, uh, an orphan and a ward of a monk in the town of Candlekeep named Garion. Mm-hmm. And he's very secretive uh, and super powerful. And um, you know, somebody tries to assassinate you in Candlekeep, um, there's a, a bunch of singing monks there that are actually singing about you, funnily enough. And mm-hmm. um, uh, he decides that y'all need to take off. Uh, y'all are going to go go to Friendly Arms to meet uh, his two friends, Khalid and Jahira. And um, he is uh, y'all are attacked on the way, and he protects you and uh, casts some kick butt spells while you flee like a little girl. <laughs> and um, uh, he dies. Uh, and so from there, you. Um, you're kind of wandering and you can do so as you please. You can go to uh, Khalid Jahira um, who will kind of give you some guidance on your quest, or you can go on your own. Um, there are a crap ton of companions that you can pick from along the yeah. way, a ton of people that you will meet. Some of them uh, based on alignment. They, if you, if you're too, too good or too evil, they'll leave. Um, but uh, uh, eventually you're going to find your way South um, to Nashkal. Uh, where they have a mine and all the iron that's coming out of it is uh, brittle and keeps breaking. And so you, um, you uncover that they're actually pouring uh, uh, these, um, I, it was a, what was it? A hobgoblin that was leading them, but um, uh, some goblins that were pouring this liquid on it. You start to uncover that there's this um, uh, organization called the iron throne that is uh tainting the iron and they also have their own iron mine and so you go and counter that mine um you flood it and that's going to eventually bring you to Baldur's gate where um you kind of you learn that this is all a plot to start a war between Baldur's gate and the kingdom to the south which is alm and um it is being um masterminded by um uh, a bad guy, right? The big bad evil guy. The big bad evil guy. Um, uh, what was what was what did he go by? I forgot. That doesn't really matter. Savarok or something like that. Sava. Uh, Sa- uh, uh, Saravok is his actual Sarah. name, but but the name he goes oh, by oh, is his Karasov. name reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, the yeah. same rever- reverse. It's but, something. Um, and he's, he's yeah. So he, it Karavos. turns out that the same guy who's masterminding this is also the guy who killed your is killed Garion. Yeah, killed uh-huh. Garion. So right. which speaking of Garion, Garion would be very proud of your actions. Mm, yes yes Gorion would be very uh, (laughs) I don't think what what was the other one I don't think Gorion would approve or something like that there Uh there was sort of like if you were like me and would just do things that Gorion would not be proud of there was sort of a line (laughs) where it's like apparently apparently Josh and I played a different game than you (laughs) Uh, but yeah no like there this game is heavy on choice heavy on making your own path and there's five gazillion side quests as well 
but in Baldur's Gate, you're going to team up with the uh, the mercenary group that uh, that is the police force of the town. The the um, the flaming uh, fist. Flaming fist. I serve the flaming fist and um, infiltrate the Iron Throne um, and learn about their dealings. And uh, you are going to go find more information back at Candlekeep, um, where you are framed for murder and uh, have to escape. And that's when you really start uh, dealing with doppelgangers, uh, which Saravok has planted mm-hmm. everywhere. And uh, they try to think they they try to gaslight you and that you're crazy by appearing as people you love, and uh, which is kind of a great scene. Um, and then you go back to Baldur's Gate, and Saravok has killed the captain of the Flaming Fist, replaced him, and is is about to become one of the Dukes of Baldur's Gate to start this war. And and it's it's around here you find out that both you and Saravok are sons of the god of murder, Ball, who is who is dead. He's one of the dead three, and um, he, uh, in preparation for his death, uh, went around and um, you know had his way with women and had a bunch of children called Ball Spawn. And, yeah, called Ball Spawn, and uh, and Saravok. Is trying. <laughs> That's gross, uh, Sarah- Josh. Well, like, yeah, we should. <laughs> it's his dad. Ball. What is- I don't get it's what you're B-A-A-L. talking about. Like, I thought it was, there was an H. <laughs> oh, maybe there's an H in there. I don't know. Yeah, B H made up words, but it's like ball, like the biblical ball kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ball. And I don't get why you're laughing. Gross. Sicko. Saravak is trying to start this war because uh, he believes that by committing this massive act of murder, by lying everybody into a war that will kill thousands, it will cause him to ascend to become the next, uh, the new god of murder, and um, uh, he is he is about to become crowned one of the dukes of Baldur's Gate when you interrupt with all the evidence that uh, he's evil. And then you chase him down and kill him. Yeah. It's a lot more exciting sort of like as you're playing it. Like I actually kind of. It is it is Highlander in D&D. Well, and I really like the (laughs) fact that there was like sort of the murder mystery because it's like, yes, you're trying to figure out who sort of killed Garion. And I think wasn't Garion a Harper? Yeah. 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 So that was. um Grind was a harper and he was working with Elminster mm-hmm. and Elminster is one of the great, the truly great mages of forgotten realms. And he started the harpers harpers is this kind of loose organization of spies that are trying to keep the balance in, uh, in Faerun. If you listen to rolling through the realms, my character is actually a harper in that, in that podcast. So this is backstory that actually comes from different games. But he was the former, Garion was the former lover of your mom. That was not a your mama joke. That was true. And, um, and uh, I think in Baldur's Gate, he says we were close. Like there's an insinuate, like you can maybe in the, oh yeah, you you read the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like we were close. He, um, uh, she becomes a priestess of Baal. And uh, Ball comes to her and is like, you're going to have one of my kids. And she's like, right on daddy-o and has the child. And Garion and the Harpers like hunt them down. And Garion kills her and steals you from her. And um, 
and so he he has decided that he's like um uh and there's a disagreement in the harpers about this it's like look we can we can raise these kids right they don't have to be like their father and this is what i'm going to do i'm going to take this one in Baldur's Gate 2 there's other things he's doing but we won't get into that until we talk about Baldur's Gate 2 um, but he's going to take you in and raise you properly and see if you could be you, you can be good even though you're half god of murder and so Khalid and Jahira are also harpers um mm. and uh and that's why they are friends with Garion and that's why Elminster Elminster appears several times in the game and he just kind of follows you around and you find letters from him that he signs E, but it's all Elminster. And, yeah, the uh, first first couple of times you run into him, you don't it actually doesn't name him. It's like, right. like strange mm-hmm. old man or whatever. That's right. So Yeah, and it, like if you're if you're deep into uh into Dungeons and Dragons, you'll recognize him from his outfit because he always wears uh, red robes. But yeah, but that's him. And uh and he will uh he'll finally reveal himself to you in Baldur's Gate. The, and you'll you'll meet up with some other harpers that will kind of kind of explain the plan to you. But and then uh, of course uh, each of your possible companions has a uh, has their own kind of side quest you can go on. And so there there are a lot of a uh, lot of different stories you can follow uh, uh, follow yeah. through the game. But that's the main one. Yeah, and and like I said, when when you're actually playing it, like when I like I said, I just turned on story mode just because I was like I want to see what this sort of story is. It's actually a fairly decent story. Like, you know, there's some interesting sort of beats. I'm not going to say it's like anything. It's not going to like melt, you know, it's not going to blow your mind. It's not going to like sort of right, like. Yeah. But it's it was pretty, pretty enjoyable. Pretty like, you know, some like interesting story beats. I, you know, it's like one of those things where I do wish there was almost sort of like a, a you know, what do they call it? The golden trail. Sort of like the, the breadcrumbs you know go here like and sort of like show you on the map or something like in order to progress the storyline you need to go here here or whatever um but that's that's yeah minor. yeah i think the game the game kind of intends for you to get khalid and jahira mm-hmm. because they're they're going they're going to remind you many times we need to be going to nashcal hey hey i need to be going down there um uh, there are like right. there's some companions like they're one of them that there's a timer on the quest. It's not ridiculous timer, but there is a timer, and you need to uh, you need to get there, or they get more and more upset at you. Um, yeah. There's a lot of land to explore, and um, and it, it's not it's not always overly clear where you're supposed to go next. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and like you said, they they fill it with these side stories as well that help. Um, it it helps kind of round out the world, but it also helps like build your character because you're making decisions as to how you're going to respond to different people and yep. their requests as well. Because you can just straight up turn people down; that's fine. But you are playing someone, and this is my understanding is this is more of a hallmark of these these types of. CRPGs or just Western RPGs in general is you are actually role playing in that you're kind of creating your character and your personality and how you want this character to turn out. Um, you know, using that that three by three grid of law and chaos and in and neutral and stuff like that. But yep. even if if a specific side quest is not affecting the world in general, you and your party are affected by the choices that you make. So yeah. 
Yeah, and like I said, it's like you have some evil characters in your party. Mm-hmm. Uh, like besides Emma Wynn, the first people you meet are evil, and right. um, yeah. they if if you if you're if you're a goody two shoes, they will just up and leave. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, this is not what I signed up for. And like, if uh, and if you have a uh, Minsk in your party, um, mm-hmm. if you're if you're if you're not doing what what he thinks is good, he'll leave. Well, yeah. that, there are, if there you are don't few that rescue, will just if you don't rescue his his ward, uh, whatever her name yeah. is, Dinah Hare or something. Yeah, Dinah Hare. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, yeah. You got to do that. Uh, his quest is a timed quest. Um, norm- normally the way it's set up is you meet somebody, there is an initial quest with this character. Some of them are timed that you have a certain number of days to complete this and they'll warn you They'll when they're starting to get annoyed. Uh, they'll, yeah. they give you plenty of heads up that it's like, shouldn't we be going to do the thing that I want to do? Um, and they might leave, but once you complete the quest, then, then you're off to the races. Um, the thing that's different about that is the new EE characters, and there are characters that are added in the in the new editions. Mm-hmm. Um, they are designed in a Baldur's Gate two style, which okay. they're much more interactive with you. They will stop you just periodically and have a chat with you. And this happens with all the okay. characters of Baldur's Gate too, but you're not used to it in Baldur's Gate. And so, like my latest playthrough, I had Nira in it, and um. The the wild so mage she, or whatever the wild mage, which I, I I thought she was great. Yeah. Um. But like, uh, Baldur's Gate does not have romance, but you can start leaning toward romance with the new characters in in the EE edition. Baldur's Gate Two does have romance. Um. Huh. I mean, she'll talk to you quite often, and she has a quest, but it's more of a, it's more of a story arc, and not just let's go do an initial quest. All right. Now I'm with you. Yeah. We're, we're done with my story. I actually, she was in my party and I did her, her sort of story arc sort of thing where you find the other wild mage and everything. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was like, I was like, oh, this is gosh. really cute. This is like, that, you know, not in a bad way. It's like, yeah. this is good. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then she's, and she's run afoul of the red mages of Thay and, um, which are, which is bad news, but like, uh, I, I could never actually get, completed on that one because um when you have your final fight with the the red mages they all target her and she has to be alive at the end of the battle for you to count the the quest finished Mm. and i i start i fought the battle several times i left and leveled up twice and i came back and i whooped them that time but they still killed her because mages are super weak and i'm finally like just forget it. I'll go resurrect her, uh, but I'm done with these guys. I, I did everything I need, but yeah, I liked her story. I, I thought, um, I thought she was a good addition and, uh, well, and, and she actually adds like the, the chaos or the wild mage is an additional like specialization. Yes. Um, there's that, that monk. Cause there's basically one for each alignment. Uh, she's right. chaotic. She's chaotic neutral. I think, the monk is lawful good because of course he is. And then the, <laughs> um, there's a blackguard, which is like sort of like basically the closest, it would be like the black knight in final fantasy. Who's like the more damage he takes the sort of more damage he does kind of deal. Like, and, uh, sort of it, like the one in Monty Python. He's, well, he's like, that, an, that's what I was thinking. I thought he was going to say that. He was like, like, like you cut off his arm. He's, he's like a, well, he's basically an evil paladin. Is what he is, um, yeah. yeah. But 
Is it Dorn? Dorn or something. Like, he's like the orc mercenary or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He's, but, and he's, I think, lawful neutral or lawful evil, I mean. And that's, that's something that I sort of wanted to talk about. Just so. companions. Well, com- in general, companions, or- like, yeah. Stop. Oh, no, I wanted to talk about, like, so paladins and rangers, right, are both oath classes. Like in the the fact that like they're tied to a deity, um, like clerics, right? Mm-hmm. And in and I didn't know this, but in the so I played the PS5 version or the PS4 version on my PS5. There's actually a trophy that pops for getting a paladin or or having or playing a paladin or a ranger that breaks their oath. And you can do that mm-hmm. in freaking Baldur's Gate. You can make a paladin yep. or a ranger break their oath. And I'm like. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> like, there's a there's a part of me that like wants to like dip into that, but you, you know, and I, and I'll say like as clunky as AD and D is, and how esoteric it is, Bioware did an amazing job, like putting the complexities of oh. that game into this with a lot of stuff that you're able to do and a lot of customization that you're able to do in the tabletop version that just like, like, I mean, like, okay. It's like pool of radiance and, uh, and I have the beholder, which are classic, great, great games. And you create your character, but there's no role playing in those none. You know, it's like you, you, you do the dice rolls, but that's it. Um, but you can, I mean, you have a lot of options to really role, role play these characters out even to the point of of some more obscure rule, rules like like oath oathbreaker paladins and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean that and that's essentially sort of what like well the the blackguard like Dorn he's he's an evil paladin which I'm right. not sure in 2. Point, in, in AD&D like that had even been a thing but I know that in, had not, in no. further iterations it was like that was just sort of like a paladin was just a knight who had sworn allegiance to a deity. And just like a cleric, right. they could have, they were just basically a, a beefier, meaner version of, of clerics. And in one of the later versions of D&D, like that actually just became, well, you can be an evil paladin. You just have to be, you know, you, your vows have to be your, to a, an evil god. Which is just an interesting gotcha. sort of take on it. Yeah, I always I always explain the difference between paladins and clerics as paladins are warrior heal- healers, and clerics are healer warriors. Yeah, you know that uh, mm. it's just it's just a sense of priority. But they're both they're both good fighters and they both can heal. Yeah, mm. paladins do tend to be a little tankier. Um, yeah, like healers are a little squishier. Well, and I think like that's the interesting thing. Like, so I know we talked mechanically, but like this game actually sort of like my when I was talking, telling my brother that I was playing Baldur's Gate, he was like, "Yeah," and we got to talking about CRPGs, and he really like Deuce likes them, and uh, like you know, and he and I we've talked about, it, but he was like, it just scratches that tabletop itch for him, and I'm like, you know what? I can sort of see it. Like I can like especially playing Baldur's Gate. I was like, yeah. I can see it like, you know, where it's like, yeah, this kind of does almost sort of scratch that itch. Like my tabletop, like I said, my tabletop days are sort of long since done. 
And and I mean, and as as the college student that really wanted to play D anD D and and really wanted to get into it, but nobody would play with me. Uh, that might be the reason I got so into this game mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I think uh, we're we're probably starting to wind this one up here, boys, because uh, just as far as like story beats go, there's not a lot of story to this. It's like uh, you find out your, you know, basically offspring of the uh one of the dead gods of death um Mm -hmm. which is there's some i will say there's some interesting sort of like lore bits if you're paying attention to like and you can sort of like like you can read the books in this there's an amazing amount of detail paul like not just in sort of like the choice but it's like a lot of the books they're they're not like full-length novels but they're some substantial reading in some of that so yeah i i thought it was funny because of the character that i made was an elf and uh i named him keebler and so he was kind of a a comedic you know kind of just happy-go-lucky kind of character and so then you find out like oh you're the son of the the god of murder it's just like oh yeah i can no i can't see that at all but okay cool. (laughs) it's part of that uh that's the that's what garyan was trying to figure out right uh uh (laughs) nature or nurture Right. You were you were very much exactly. a nurture uh, nurture <laughs> uh, character. Um, yes, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, but you can't you can play like like a lot of the choices they'll have like a bad answer or, or like you know right. dismissive answer, a serious good answer, a very jokey answer, you know, mm-hmm. a sarcastic. You know, they'll they have several choices. It's not yes or no. It is right. It is a variety of choices that you can approach things. So you can be a very very sarcastic character in this game uh-huh. you, you know what yeah. i i just like in my head you were like saying you played an elf and you named him keebler i'm like mm-hmm. it should have been an elf bard and you should have like just like doubled down on performance and you could have been Faerun's premier wandering comic and you would yeah. have killed <laughs> in a different way right <laughs> but um <laughs> i see what you did there Nice, nice. Yeah, I didn't want to shoot myself in the foot that uh, that much. And I had heard that archers in this game were really good. So, uh, yeah. That's oh, yeah, bards, bards in this game are trash. Like, in... in <laughs> nice. They're, they're trash. I don't know very many games where they're, they're, they are good. So In 5th in edition, bards are kind of crazy overpowered. Okay, okay. Because so, they're... Interesting. They're, like, in, even in 3.5, they can be sort of pretty good um if you play the right kind of bard because they are sort of a jack of all trades where they can do some buffing debuffing they can do some light healing but they're also they can be fairly combat proficient they can be like interesting yeah i mean you're better off just playing a cleric you know if you want to do somebody who but they're they're actually more akin to like a sort of a combat sorcerer but okay yeah. yeah Before we do sign off, I just very briefly about your companions. First of all, there's a ton to choose from, mm-hmm. and right. uh, uh, there a lot of them are really likable. Like I love Jahira. I don't like yeah. Khalid. Um, <laughs> I could have dumped okay. Khalid without Jahira. Did they, in the voiceover, didn't they give Khalid a stutter? Like something they did get a Khalid a stutter. Yeah. yeah, that's not why I disliked him. I disliked him because he was he. Look, we all know who wore the pants in that family, and it was not Khalid. Oh yeah. Oh, he yeah. was like, like when you pointed him somewhere, he would go, I'll, I'll try. It's like, mm. dude, you're the fighter. Yeah. You go out there and you, you, you beat your chest. Come on. And, um, yeah. 
Whereas uh, uh, Jahira was very forceful, in matter of fact, and uh, well, and even sarcastic. Oh, oh yeah, omnipotent authority figure. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I yes. love that line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but everybody's favorite is Minsk. Yes, for yes. a good reason. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, he was voiced That's what by I Jim to Cummings. Talk about when we were talking about side yeah. characters, I was, or, <laughs> I was like, party members. Like that's where I was going with Adorn. Uh, there was a connection with Minsk, but yes, there you go. we need to talk Makes about Minsk. Tanks. Yeah, he uh, he was voiced by Jim Cummings, who was Darkwing Duck, and uh, he also uh, does since the '90s. He's been doing Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Say, he does a ton of voiceover. I was going to say I know but, him uh, as Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, but yeah, so he's uh, he killed it. I mean, oh yeah, Minsk is hilarious. Um, another another way that the development team really knew their Dungeons and Dragons, a uh, a giant space hamster is a thing. It's in Spelljammer, <laughs> which is it's mentioned. I think it's mentioned like one thing in Spelljammer, which is D and D in space. And okay. it was like these gnomes created these giant space hamsters to run their ships in these wheels. Um, and so the bigger the space <laughs> nice. hammer, the hamster, the, and, and so yeah. like, that's yeah. a thing, the like, turbines. like people into, into, into a uh, spell jammer note, like, is like, oh, that's an actual thing is, <laughs> and, uh, but he's been, a boo is miniaturized. Therefore he's yeah. the, the size of a normal hamster, mm-hmm. but he, Minsk is determined that he is a giant space hamster miniaturized well and there Uh, there has it like the fact that like i mean like minsk is a little weird and kind of crazy but like he got hit on the head yeah 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 but it is kind of interesting that like no this thing actually exists so it to me i'm like no like minsk minsk is weird and he's out there but boo is definitely a a giant space answer who's just been miniaturized um like (laughs) um the crazy crap Minsk says is hilarious, mm-hmm. and uh, it just like uh, he is—he is the strongest character in the entire game, mm-hmm. uh, stat-wise. Okay. And he's a okay. ranger; he's not even a fighter; he's a ranger. Um, but he is the strongest character in the game, so give him a sword, and um, uh, he—he uh, he is going to find his witch, which is the the yeah. uh, the uh, sorceress character that uh, is with him. And he hangs out with her, but uh, like I, I, I always look forward to getting Minsk in my party. Besides Khalid, because since Khalid is always in the front of my party, every time mm. you click something, he goes, "I'll, I'll try," but uh, Minsk will go stand and deliver, you know, or something like that. And uh, I, uh-huh. I, I love him. I mean, I, I think he's amazing, Josh. I think you, you sort of. You, you didn't shriek it, but you uttered one of his battle cries, right. which is personally my "Go for the eyes, boo! Go for the eyes!" Um, and then he shouts something else. I assumed it was another character, but he's like Rosk or something. <laughs> I, I don't know what he says. Yeah. Uh, at at some point, he'll say, uh, uh, "You know, we are all heroes. You and me and Boo." <laughs> Just huh. love them. Something about like so the, there's also like a something about like the road of, of adventure or something like that. Like there's a there's a few pretty interesting has, sound bites. Yeah. And if you try to re- have have any of you guys tried to remove uh, Boo from his inventory, or oh no, no. Or, I never like, even thought touch, of it, or like move Boo or anything. I just do it sometime. There, it's an interesting sort of little nice thing. 
It's I'm I'm assuming he won't cheer you. He will probably No, uh I think it it basically it prompts like a little thing where it says Minsk sort of eyes you warily and disapprovingly. Like it never actually lets you do it. Um <laughs> gotcha. That's awesome. Uh at, at um, least um but yeah. So and, and one one of the things I want to say is like and like just Minsk is like like he's almost as pop like I would say like the two most popular characters in sort of Feyrun are Drizzt and Minsk. Like mm-hmm. and okay. the reason I say this, and, and now granted, Wizards of the Coast owns this um owns uh MTG as well, but there was a set of magic cards that came out recently called Adventures in Forgotten Realms or whatever. Drizzt shows up and uh you know Bruner uh, Battle Hammer does too, and uh, yeah, a couple others. But uh, Minsk is also a legendary character. Like that, he he has his own MTG card. I for me, I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, and he he actually, I think, yeah, when he comes into play, and it, or is he he either comes into play or no, he comes into play. You actually get like a one-one token. It's a red giant space hamster token named Boo. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. So, he, um, if I if, if if I could tell you a little bit about Baldur's Gate two, uh, yeah. this this spoils a little bit, but it's the first scene. Oh, so, um, okay. I, I I take this as kind of the canonical party, but you start off in in, in Baldur's Gate two with a party, and Dinah Air and Minsk are in it, but you find out you you have been captured. And you start off in this dungeon, and you find out that. Some people have died already in this dungeon, and Dinah Air is one of them. And uh, and so it's really interesting because all the interaction in the party in in Baldur's Gate Two that's not in Baldur's Gate One is really these characters, you know, working through grief. Mm. Uh, and it's really interesting. But I picked up this one wizard uh, uh, girl, and she is like, she was a really interesting character, but she's like. She had a very, very tragic life, but she was very, very upbeat anyways. And, uh, and Jahira did not like her, did not like <laughs> the, the joy and, and happiness in the party. But, uh, and I was going to, I was going to dump her. I was going to find, uh, I was actually, I was looking for Nira again to, to put Nira in the party. But, um, at this one point, Mintz just starts talking about Dinah Air to her and how lost he is without her. And he asks her to be his new witch. And she tells him uh, uh, she will if he will protect her. And Mitz gets so overjoyed, he starts yelling at evil. Uh, just he just in the middle of the street, he goes, he goes, uh, you know, listen to that evil. Minsk has his witch back. We are coming to kick some butt. And I was like, okay, now I got to keep this character because Minsk likes her. <laughs> um but it was just like this really touching scene in a Minsk way that only Minsk can do. Uh, that yeah. his character is so likable, and 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 a great party member to boot, which uh, doesn't right. always overlap, you know. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Minsk is a good time. Uh, so I guess you know, as we do, sort of like land the plane. Uh, just I I think you know you guys would sort of echo this, but God, this is a should play people. Like if you've gotten the whole way through this, it's like, you know, give this thing a run. You know, like I said, my recommendation is play it on story mode. And if you want to, you can always turn the difficulty up. 
if you want a little bit more of a challenge, uh, you know, just, but going forewarned that if you sort of come at it on normal, it might kick you around a little bit. So. Oh yeah. Definitely. Will. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normal's uh, not really for like first time players. Oh, you know, it's, I, it's, I, I played it through normal and there were several times I had to lower it. Like, okay. I know how to play the stupid game. I, I had to lower it. It's, uh, this game is this game even though it's easier than the original it's really hard so yeah, yeah don't uh don't feel bad about safe scumming please mm-hmm. in fact do you need to and don't feel bad about lowering oh, yeah. difficulty um this this game is a kick in the pants but yeah yeah my, i'm glad, my, I'm own, glad you oh, liked sorry. it I, nate i'm glad you liked it I yeah was, dude i mean i was worried it's it's <laughs> like i know i can be a little whatever uh i have it's not like i have strong opinions um <laughs> about anything <laughs> ever final fantasy seven sucks um but <laughs> uh just like the eagles you heard just that like listener. the eagles <laughs> um but it's uh you you know it was like one of those things where i was like well we'll, we'll sort of see what happens and when i started really mm-hmm. like the first couple hours i was really on the fence but it was like once i got like past that like okay. into like hour two or three i was like okay like it had enough of a hook in me where I was like, Oh no, like I'm into this. Like, this is kind of cool. And it's like, like I was talking about, like when I was talking with my brother, I found myself sort of like, it did scratch that tabletop itch. And it's like, I'm going to go. I mean, I, I mentioned it before. I'm probably going to go at some point in time. I think what I'm going to do is I'm probably just going to play through the game on story mode again, roll a new character, sort of like do sort of a canonical playthrough go through the EE sort of extra dungeons and stuff and then transfer that party into Baldur's Gate 2 and play through Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. That's I mean that's sort of like my plan. So yeah. and that's- I, and I, and I will say like uh, uh just very briefly I'm not going to tell you the story of Durlag's Tower because it needs to be experienced but Durlag's Tower might be like my favorite dungeon crawl ever. Mm. Hmm. It is it's a story woven into the into the crawl. It's a really good one. Um, it's not perfect. Nice. It has some problems with clunkiness uh, down toward the bottom, but it's it's super hard too. So lower the difficulty. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's good to know. Um, I, okay. So you said uh, that this is a should play. My only caveat to that is because this is my only CRPG experience. I don't know how it compares to other ones. I don't know if there are others that I would, you know, you mentioned Divinity Originals and I've heard great things about that. I've heard great things about, you know, Planescape Torment. I've, mm. You know, the other games in the genre that I have no idea how this compares to them. That's that's my only caveat is like, I know so little. Sure, uh, should you play it? Yeah, I don't know if you should play another game before this. It just well, yeah, I I mean I think like and not to but my only counter there would be like if you sort of start with some of the cream of the crop stuff, it might make it really hard to come back. Yeah, because mm-hmm. this game in some ways is kind of primitive. You know, not yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely, especially when it spawned this engine that a lot of these other games are kind of if they're not using, they're at least based off of. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I was going to say, and and we didn't necessarily touch on it uh, up to this point, but one thing I was really surprised by is the 
tone of the writing, if that makes sense. Obviously, I knew there was tons of writing, tons of different stories and things like that. But honestly, even in the first few hours, there were moments where it felt like some things out of Monty Python. Like it wasn't taking itself seriously Mm -hmm. the entire time. There was, I don't even remember who the character was. I believe he was a cleric, but he was a cleric who like was completely nihilistic and just like, oh, nothing matters. This world sucks. And he's like a healer in your party. He's the guy who's healing everyone. And he's like, but your life doesn't matter. But I guess I'll cast this, you know, spell to heal you anyway. Kind of, it's just like, super over the top like emo character um and he was the healer and i thought that was like hilarious just the the tone that this game like it's not serious and there are there are serious moments in the game don't get me wrong but i was really i was i was really happy with just that that balance that they struck of just the different tone because something like a jrpg when it does jokey it does more like cutesy jokey which I appreciate as well. Don't get me wrong, but again, just something about this. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the primitive nature. Maybe it was some of the voice acting in here. Just it, it reminded me of something like a Monty Python, where it's almost a satire, almost a, like spoof of the this like sword and sorcery genre. Like they were not afraid to just play with some of the tropes and uh, just oh, yeah. to make you laugh, which I appreciated. Yeah, there there are some like there are some hilarious Easter eggs, the like laugh out mm-hmm. loud Easter eggs that uh that that you find in the weirdest places. But um, but yeah, they did not take themselves too seriously. We're not <laughs> not afraid to make fun of their own game uh, to uh-huh. to insert stuff. Um, well, uh, and and I figured that this is like a hardcore game that's going to grind you to dust, so that they wouldn't do that. So when I saw stuff like that, I was just really surprised. Like, okay, no, they're not. You know, they're not super serious about absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah, no, it's. I mean, quote, yeah, yeah, whether whether it was intentional or not, yeah, that sort of that you you know, and frankly, the the sort of that Monty Python sort of humor or writing or whatever is actually sort of like kind of I think adds to a bit of the charm because that's that's the kind of like dude if you're sitting around a table with you know four or five buddies and a DM and you know like that's the kind of dumb quips that you guys are going to like bust out like mm-hmm. and it's just like it's, yeah. stuff like that makes the game sort of feel a little more genuine you know or yeah. gives it gives it a little bit of heart or something yeah yes yeah, I, I I can't I can't find the quote uh, anymore. But like, there's like uh, my favorite characters are these three monsters. That if you like, <gasps> if you like, find this obscure map and you go up this one spot by a lake, can you get their autograph there? Yeah, I got that. I did that. <laughs> it, it, yeah, you did that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so like it, uh, uh, they they start quoting. Um, this, this is uh, my brother. I, my Heart. name is Daryl. This is my other brother. This is my brother Daryl. Yeah, this is my brother Daryl. This is my other brother Daryl, yeah. which is a line from New Heart from the eighties uh, or late seventies. I can't remember which, but um, you can you can ask them for an autograph, or you can say, "Why are you saying that?" And if you say that, they'll say they'll turn to one another and say, "See, I told you he was too young to get that joke," and they'll run <laughs> off. <laughs> this is my my favorite random reference in in the game, but yeah, that and. and as somebody as somebody who DMs a lot and really enjoys DMing, like this is the kind of stuff that 
D&D players insert and stuff. Like it's exactly what you're saying. It's like this is yeah. this is the kind of just off the wall references that that will get a chuckle that uh that 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 they're throwing into this game and um it I I think it does enhance it. I do think it it makes it more uh, feel more like more like you're around the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it's it's time to start buttoning this one up, Josh. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've gone on many side quests over the the course of this episode talking because there's a lot here, you know, talking about just the original Baldur's Gate and who knows in the future. Maybe maybe next year's Baldur's Gate 2, maybe it's Radiant Historia, who knows, we'll see. Um, but you know, we had lots to say on the game itself, but I'm sure there's a lot more to be said. And if there's some thoughts that you have that you'd like to reach out to us, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Our handle on Twitter is at BBDowncast. We've got a Discord where we're constantly chatting about all kinds of different things. There's a link for that in the description. Um, or, you know, if you want to reach out personally, I generally go by Broccolope on the internet. Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever. That's right. You can email us also at the, the backlog breakdown at gmail.com. And uh, Techno Funk Boy, I mean, outside of the, you know, seven different podcasts that you're doing nowadays. Um, how I'll start should, a new one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, there you go. Um, is there any way that people should get in touch with you? I know you kind of backed away from some social media platforms. So is it really just following you on your podcasts or how would you like? Um, I, I've, been, there. I've been on like the alt tech, uh, uh, social okay. medias. Uh, yeah. now I don't post there a lot, but, um, it, you know, if, if I were to direct some, uh, people to one place, it'd be twitch.tv slash techno funk boy. Yeah. then at least once mm-hmm. a week, um, uh, you know, playing, playing music for a couple of hours, um, singing and nice. playing guitar and it's a lot of fun. Um, you know what? I just very quickly, mm-hmm. if, if your listeners are, Amazon Prime members and mm-hmm. uh and are not doing it, connect your Twitch account and you get a free sub oh, yeah. once yeah. a month. Uh and um, you know, uh uh it, first of all, you should you should do one for me because I told you about it and I'm mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. But um but every like every time every time you use one, uh the the streamer earns uh uh 250. And um so over the course of the year you can uh direct um, how much money would that be? Some uh, amount of money of your uh prime, <laughs> of your prime subscription to uh two fifty times twelve is twenty twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. So, uh, look, you know Some, what? Something what, like that. What you're paying like one like one hundred twenty for your sub uh thirty dollars. Okay. Yeah. Thirty bucks. <laughs> okay. So you're paying you're paying like one twenty or something. I don't know uh, for your prime subscription. You can direct thirty dollars of that to um one of your friends or somebody you support online and uh, at no extra charge for you. If, uh, if you just do that once a month, that's awesome. Me first. And then you can go find other friends. Yes, exactly. Of course, of course. <laughs> Techno funk boy on twitch.tv. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here. Thanks for, for uh, suggesting this game. Cause honestly, I would not I, have taken the plunge if you hadn't I mean, first said, I've been worried about this for a year. I'm so I'm like <laughs> thrilled that y'all enjoyed yourselves. I really am. Yeah. I, I did not know like this. Uh, I, y- y'all have not talked about a game like this before. And so I, I had no frame right. of reference of what you would think. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, it, it, it's cool to, to have like a new type of experience as well. Like I can appreciate that even with all of its clunkiness and, and weirdness and, and things that you kind of like, like you said, the high learning curve and all that. Like I really, I appreciated being able to, to jump into it. So yeah, uh, yeah it's been fun. And, and it, I'm still freaked out by the landscape of CRPGs, <laughs> even though I've heard like there's some really good ones, but I think playing them with friends like this is the best way to experience it, especially because it's so divergent. Like we all have different experiences of, of the things that we, that we did in the game. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to have done it with friends instead of just, tried to do it by myself because I probably would not have gotten very far. <laughs> and you can literally do that. This is a multiplayer game. I've never played a multiplayer though. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I saw the the thing or whatever and I was like, oh that looks interesting, but no thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I just played I just played single player. Um it's crazy. Yeah, if anybody else picks it up, uh let me know and I'll give you all the same tips that I gave well mm. y'all. Uh yeah. Uh, that will kind of help help that learning curve at the beginning. That's awesome. You, you know what? To you know, Paul, um, you are on Discord. Uh, specifically, mm-hmm. uh, you you have your own, but you're also pretty active on ours. And I would just you know we we sort of you know every once in a while when we find something in like when something cool happens on our Discord, we do like to shout it out. But in in our Discord server, uh, one of the channels is called Onwards and Upwards. And there was a really cool conversation about, I guess, sort of like using scripture and sort of and and how we can use it without being kitschy or weird or tacky. Former guest of the show, Michael Bomeister, just brought up something, you know, that he, he was, you know, sort of he works for a faith, sort of a faith bo- based organization, financial consultant sort of service. And they're trying to find ways to sort of imp- implement scripture and just the conversation surrounding that was really cool uh i i was really encouraged by that and i just wanted to say like you know like that's the kind of cool stuff that we have in our discord and uh, we'd love you guys to like sort of be a part of that if you're not already yeah awesome facebook is stupid discord is where it's at look (laughs) if you're on the facebook group i'm not there am i why it's not cool enough that's why (laughs) i'm in discord that's where the cool kids are. You're making some strong points. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, you're making some strong arguments, but uh, you know, Josh, I think uh, you know, Paul. It was it was great having you on here. Uh, thanks again for your recommendation here, man. And I yeah, actually yeah, had to all. reset my uh, Twitch password, uh, or I had to re-enter <laughs> my Twitch information because I was like, Paul was saying, like, hey, you get that that free Amazon. Uh, credit or whatever and i was like i haven't done that in a minute so like yeah um but you know paul thanks for thank you for suggesting the game one two thanks for just coming on and and hanging out it's been a minute and uh, it was a good time catching up and just sort of like chewing the fat and derailing things and it's it's always a good time when you're on here man um yeah uh yeah, thank y'all. Like uh, I, I, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm so happy y'all played this game because uh, I love it, <laughs> and I'm I'm glad to have talked with. I, I love uh, I love 
showing up and, and messing all up and distracting. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, no, we, it's it's been a good time, man. Like, you know, when we sort of were chewing the fat before we started recording, I was like, man, we it, it has been a minute since we've had, had you on and just like, yeah, I just, uh, I appreciate your perspective and just like, I yeah. appreciate like the things that you bring to our community and just, just your friendship over the last year, you know, several years, man. So, um, sure, man. you know, uh, I, I like to give you a hard time, but you know, that's a, I say nice things about you every once in a while to even to your face through <laughs> a computer screen. Um, I was but, tearing up after last episode. You're like, uh, you're like, I appreciate when he says things to me. I'm like, oh, people like me. <laughs> <laughs> he likes me. He really likes me. Um, but uh, so we have sort of, we have, you know, as you, as per usual, we have been really good at being bad at brevity. Maybe mm-hmm. not as, mm-hmm. maybe this hasn't been as beefy as some of our, um, you know, past episodes. But this is this is a girthy fella. And uh, I think it's uh, it's time to call a night. And so we've done our thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until next time, Josh, what should they do? Guys, keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Schadenfreude. Freud.